here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Wrestling podcast. I'm Rich Grace alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Landon. Joe, how are you? I'm all right. I found out that we are the uh, number one most listened to wrestling podcast in the world this week. How is that true? It's not true. I just made that up. Oh, I was going to say, oh, I was I like, had, whoa. I was uh, like, really? That, uh, that's cool. Uh, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't have the data behind it, but yeah, no, I, I feel like we are. I mean, without looking at any sort of data whatsoever, yeah. We could tell right? people that. Yeah, I mean, well, let's go with it. Yeah, it's fine. could have sold it a little better than that. Yeah, no, I was shocked. I was like, oh, really cool. Like, um, no, but we do have a really boring WWE pay-per-view to talk about. Yes, we do. Well, one thing real quick, and it's it's breaking news. And I, I cannot believe we didn't talk about it last week or we didn't lead breaking off with it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Well, not breaking news, but just a, just an unbelievable news story that I don't know how we didn't cover immediately. Joe, what happened to Game Time Pizza? Oh, well, yeah. How are you just going to haphazardly tweet out a, p- uh, a picture of, of Game Time Pizza and then never follow up on it? Well, look, I reported What happened? That. We need to know. I, like, let's, let's... I did. I reported... Wrestling, it does not matter right now. Look, I reported the news on Twitter. I, I, sh- I showed the now leasing sign on the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game Time Pizza is deceased in 2014 Man. to 2015. So when did it open in 2014? It was like August-ish, right? When did you first receive that horrible, horrible menu with the Chikara pizza? The Chikara pizza and the uh, and the uh, Sasha Banks sandwich, the uh, <laughs> the the boss, the boss sandwich. Was it actually was it actually called it's that? Called, it's remember. called the boss. Yeah, remember it was, okay. it was the Sasha Banks sandwich. Um, yeah, I believe it was in the summer of 2014. Okay, well, we hardly knew you. And and what, what's funny is it's in a strip mall where I get my gas, and I don't know how long it's been closed. I didn't even notice until. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I said that tweet was Valentine's Day, as a matter of fact, it's when I was coming home from oh from the from the date. It was when I was coming home from peeling out of the parking lot when <laughs> when when that when that girl revealed that she had a toddler in the back seat. 
and I stopped for gas and noticed that game time pizza uh, was no more. So I took the picture and sent out the tweet. So it probably lasted, I don't know, seven or eight months wow. before they uh, before uh, time ran out uh, on the game. How, how are you I dealing? Guess. Are you are you OK? Well, I, I never went back after. <laughs> so you're OK. So you're fine. Horrible experience. Uh, so I, I am okay. I am coping okay, with the luckily. loss of game time pizza. I can tell you that the black sheep pizza, which opened. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yes. That yes. opened across the street and, uh, quickly changed their name. <laughs> it's a terrible, it was a terrible name in the first place. Yeah. The black sheep did, pizza didn't work out. They changed their name to, I believe magic monkey pizza. Oh, Ooh. And, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Black sheep, is better. <laughs> the black sheep pizza was a, was a horrible <laughs> name. I don't know what you think of uh, magic monkey pizza, but they have a new logo with a, uh, with a monkey performing magic. You, you know, okay. I, well, cause I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, I'm not sure that, you know, um, where they would get it, that such an idea, but, uh, yeah. So they're still supposedly going strong. Every time I drive past, there's nobody in there. So I don't, I don't think Magic Monkey Pizza is going to make it either. But uh, Game Time Pizza is deceased. And I think the clock is ticking on Magic Monkey Pizza. When you've already had one name change, okay? Yeah, that's usually a bad start. Well, that means they've gone bankrupt already. And, and, and you know, just changed. Are, the, are under a new LLC now. To right, changed the name of the business. And they wiped their debts clean. And now they have a whole new set of vendors probably. And once they burn through those, I mean, this isn't some mega metropolis. Uh, they're going to run out of vendors, Rich. And uh, they're just going to have to close up shops. So I, I, I don't think the odds are good for Magic Monkey Pizza. Uh, but I, I better – you know what? I better purchase some Magic Monkey Pizza. Just, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know. To give a review before. And before, because I, before it closes. The prices are exorbitant though. Well, it's, it's like wood fire pizza, right? I think you took a screenshot and once. It's like got some kind of wacky gimmick. Who knows? All I know is it's it's, <laughs> it's very expensive. I know a large uh-huh. a large one topping pizza was like twenty two ninety nine. Oh, which God! I mean, come on, you can go to That's... you go to Little Caesars a half a mile up the road and get one for five bucks. Well, and then like even if you wanted like like even in Chicago like decent pizza or whatever, I mean that that like a large one topping will run you like you know with a coupon anywhere between you know ten to, to fourteen. I mean even without a coupon, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen at the most, absolute most. So yeah, twenty two is wow. Yeah, that's uh, probably not very good for old it, magic. It monkey, better be but. a magical pizza for twenty two ninety nine. I mean that twenty two ninety nine. That's <laughs> you know I think I, I think the coupon was uh, you know a lar- an extra large cheese pizza for thirteen ninety nine, and that was like a deal. Right, and then they're probably going to charge you another six for the topping or whatever. Yeah, so. Right, so I mean you know it, it's not looking good. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to spend twenty two ninety nine on a pizza just to, for review purposes. Okay. Because I know they're not. You write it off, but you know, write it off. Do a tax write off. We'll, we'll send it in at the end of the year. Abs- so. Absolutely. Uh, As we're wont to do. You know. I don't think they're going to last much longer. So, uh, yeah, Game Time Pizza is deceased. Okay. Uh, well. We kind of had a feeling that was going to happen, uh, but is now official. I will take a photo of the dead Magic Monkey Pizza. <laughs> if and when it happens, yeah. If it, well, when it happens. I don't believe there's an if at this point. When it happens, I am going to take a photo of the dead Magic Monkey Pizza. So okay. I, I will I will I will report these findings. I have no idea why you're leading off the show with it was important. Game time it's very important. And what else is important, pizza. Joe? Is there anything else more important right now? You really want to talk fast lane because I don't really want to. But I, I, <laughs> I suppose I we're obligated. You're stalling the fast lane talk <sighs> um, because you don't want to fall asleep and you don't want to put the listeners asleep. The Memphis crowd fell asleep. Um, I mean, we could talk about 
I mean, the hottest debate in in the territory right now. We could talk about the 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 absolute need of New Japan Wrestling to add women to to their shows. I mean, we could do that if you want. Uh, <laughs> let's let's wait on I, that one. You know, I I don't really want to talk about that either. To be completely honest with you, it was just stupid and absurd. But um, you know, I, why don't we do the fast lane and get it out of the way? Let's do and, yeah, and 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 go from there. Get our WWE stuff out of the way, and then people. If you're only a WWE guy, then you can leave after this. So it won't be too long. Uh, you had a review, uh, WWE Fastlane, for Fighting Spirit Magazine. I know you uh, you put out a tweet that you're having trouble even coming up with, like, because it's so, it was such a weird, and I, as I'm watching it, you know, everybody else in my house had fallen asleep. Dogs, girlfriend, everybody was already asleep because, I mean, I don't blame them. I'm watching it, and man, if I wasn't obligated to be up, I would have been falling asleep too. And there was nothing, it, it, it was one of those weird ones where there was nothing I hated, nothing I, 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 I didn't outwardly hate anything, but I didn't really like it. It was just sort of the malaise that has WWE has become. It was you know? it was it was a show. It was it was a show. I don't know what else to say. It was uh you know, it up until the two main events, it was just it was just And those were very good. To be fair, those were really they good. They were all right, they, you know, and, and but up until those two matches that is I mean, it was like watching main event. I mean, there's nothing happening. It wasn't even show. a raw. It wasn't even a raw. And that, like, people were making the joke about like, you know, three-hour raws or whatever. That was a bad raw. Like, I would be upset if that was my raw. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, nothing was in. Well, you know, I liked the tag title match. I did like that match. Mm-hmm. And and but it didn't wake up the crowd, which was. Look, I don't want to hear about the crowd was badly miked. Or, you know, it just didn't come across on TV. You could TV. see them. Oh, bull. You could that, see that them. Crowd, they weren't moving. Can we stop making excuses for these crowds? Okay. Go. You know, everyone has WWE Network. Go put on an Attitude Era show. Go on YouTube and go watch some All Japan from the early 90s. Go on New Japan World and watch some some uh, New Japan during some of their hot periods. How come none of those crowds were badly mic'd? And uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's funny how with so much technology and the, 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 they're so terrible at miking the crowds. They're just you know, befuddled. As to how to do Why this. Why can't so. we just call a bad crowd a bad crowd anymore? I, you know, all these excuses were flying. You know, people in the building saying, oh, you know, we, you know, no, no, it was a shit crowd. If it was a good crowd, it would have came across. You know, it's bullshit. I, I'm and so, they had every reason to be shitty, too. I'm so tired of that. I, I, I never want to hear that excuse again. I'm going to call people out on that. Every time I hear that, I'm so tired of that excuse that the crowd was, quote, poorly might. Uh, come on. All right. That's they, all. Yeah. That, a that. hot crowd is a hot crowd. Okay, they're all you could see them sitting on their hands. That's what I was gonna say. You, you could nobody in the in the on the hard camera side, unless on the other side, everybody was going insane on the non hard camera side, which is usually not how it goes. But yeah, everybody on the hard camera side was was floating asleep. It was there was nothing. There was nobody. You know what it is? Nobody knows what a hot crowd is anymore, because there are no hot crowds in wrestling anymore. I mean, wh- what we call hot crowds aren't even hot crowds. You know what I mean? Like what we call hot crowds now. Whether it's Osaka or, mm-hmm. or Chicago or Philly or New York and, and or Toronto sometimes. Or Toronto. Mm-hmm. What we call a hot crowd aren't really hot crowds. Because you can go back and, and to some of the periods I just mentioned earlier, and crowds were hot from start to finish for these shows. And and they and 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 there is it, it noticeably hits you when you go back and watch these shows. You're like, whoa. Because we haven't seen crowds like the, those crowds in a long time in wrestling. What we call hot crowds now, they're hot for certain matches. They're hot for right. finishes of matches. They're hot for certain guys, but they're not true hot crowd. I don't think we have hot crowds anymore. So nobody knows what a hot crowd is. So 
they make excuses for these lousy crowds like like we just had met. That was a terrible crowd. Don't make excuses for it. It was an awful crowd. When Stardust and Goldust came out, neither one of those guys got any kind of reaction. Like zero. It was like, dead silence for both of those. Yeah, you, heard, you heard popcorn falling on the ground. I mean, you, they, when Stardust, Stardust came out. Stardust yeah. literally <laughs> had nothing, no reaction. It was like nobody was in the building. Um, so I, I, I just don't think there's there's a lot of people who don't know what a hot crowd is anymore. I, it, I tweeted out a, uh, a a match uh, earlier this week, and it's one that I've seen a bunch of times, and somehow it came up on a feed again. I was just like, yeah, you know, if you haven't seen this, you got to see it. And it was that Can-Am Express match from uh, from All Japan many, many, many moons ago. And that's, like, considered, like, the hottest crowd ever. You know, it's 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 Kobashi, Can-Am Express, and I'm missing the – who's Kobashi's teammate here? I'm, why am I blanking on it? Oh, why am I blanking on who it is? Match now I'm going to have to look now? at it. Uh, you oh you've seen it I I posit it it's considered like the hottest I mean it's it's an, an absolutely insane crowd uh, oh Kabachi wait are you talking about uh Crawford and Fernandez versus Kabachi and Kikuchi yes that's it yeah Kikuchi that's oh yeah it. yeah um, that... just load up I mean that that like I tweeted that out earlier and I, I've seen that match numerous times but the first time I, I mean that when you want to talk about what I mean and that's like a crazy definition because that's like the best crowd I've ever seen in my life but I mean that's like they are just like inaudibly loud like just audibly loud the entire time from the beat from bell to entrances to everything it's just yelling and noise and screaming and stuff going on yeah i mean you know that that's known as one of the uh, a match with one of the hottest crowds ever and that's from that period that had that was probably 1992 or 19 yeah 1992 i think that match was so you know that's the period i'm talking about in all japan where you know you truly had you know you know red hot crowds and i don't i don't think i don't think we have that anymore anywhere so um, you know, even WrestleMania crowds now, you know, I wouldn't call those hot crowds, <laughs> you know, the closest thing you come to a hot crowd these days is the raw after WrestleMania. Those are hot yeah. crowds. And the thing about those hot crowds is, uh, you have all these people who whine about that, all the, all these get off my lawn types who whine about that right. crowd because they're having they're fun. They're getting themselves over. God yes. forbid a crowd has fun. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you, you get all these get off my lawn guys. Ah, they're, they're chanting. Ah, why aren't they yay and booing? You know, that drives me nuts. You know how much that drives me nuts. So you finally get a hot crowd and everyone's mad because, uh, you know, this isn't 1973 and they're not cheering the way people want them to cheer. So you, you can't even win when you actually have a hot crowd in wrestling these days. But, I mean, that's probably the closest thing to a hot crowd in wrestling is that post-mania Raw crowd, which yeah. I think I, – I always say if you could have that crowd every week on Raw – uh, the, the product would be, it would look a thousand times hotter than. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I wish that crowd would show up the raw. They need to just send that crowd the raw every week somehow. I get, you know. I've I've long said that WWE should just run shows in like those like those five towns that you mentioned, like you know, Chicago, New York, or whatever. Because like, and and like obviously I know that's unrealistic for for a lot of reasons, but. You really, I mean, if you turn that show on, like, say you were a first-time viewer or a casual viewer, and you turned on Fastlane, and you hear just crickets when you're watching, why would you want to watch any more of it? Yeah, I mean, no. Like, they don't understand how important that is to have, a, and, and I guess that'll become a bigger discussion later, is that an engaged crowd is, I mean, that that's that's a big part of it. People want to be a part of it. I mean, those Attitude Era crowds, and, and we mentioned it, too, the, the era itself, you know, we're, we're, we're front center of the people that are like look it wasn't very good you know even when you go back and watch it's it's, it's utter garbage and don't go back and watch because you're gonna <laughs> you know you you forget how awful a lot of the stuff was because you were kind of lost in there but it became an event it became a something that you wanted to go to i remember as a kid begging my dad like i have to be there like look at, i mean you look you see that just the excitement the 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 signs the craziness and you're like i have to be i want to be there if you watch Fastlane, would you say oh mom i can't wait to go see that like is it Oh man! Like, is it a self-fulfilled prophecy though? Because 
I think when you look at Fastlane, the first two wrestlers to get any kind of a reaction were John Cena and Rusev. And those are two guys who are protected in the booking and booked well. Oh, absolutely. So, no, no. I, I yeah, So is the reason that these crowds are so dead are because they've been – it's like the fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. They're tired of getting burned. So why should they be invested in the undercard when it doesn't matter? Why should they right. be invested in Dolph Ziggler or Cesaro? don't give a shit about these guys any, because you don't give a shit about them. Yeah, because they're just, they're just a, a blob of people trading wins back and forth. I mean why would you, why would you care about them? Who, which, which guy in that undercard – you know, you look at Goldust and Stardust or whatever. I mean how have they identified themselves in any way? You look at – like even a Bad News Bear at Dean Ambrose. I mean that, that's, that's front center of just like unbelievable how you you destroyed Dean Ambrose was getting crazy over in the summer he was huge people were loving him he was winning all that sort of stuff was going on uh and then now he's not because he's he's in that blob and once you're in that blob nobody cares about you because they you don't they don't present <laughs> that they care about him you, you know I, not only that, I don't blame and, and, I really really don't you know, and, and and the thing is not only did that match you know get no reaction like everything else on the undercard but I really think that rubs off on the performers because that match was so dry and they didn't they didn't work hard and it wasn't a good match and then the finish was shit which isn't their fault and it's like like you know they don't have the crowd to feed off of and that really does help these guys uh, when when they have a hot crowd to feed off of, and um, you know, and and it, what really blew me away, and something I noted in the Fighting Spirit review, um, was the tag title match with the Usos against Cesaro and Kid. Here you have three people in that match who always get a good reaction. The Usos always get good reactions. Cesaro yeah. always gets good reactions. And Kid, ever since he's been pushed and been you know put with Cesaro, he's been getting good reactions. And even that match didn't get any uh, type of uh, reaction out of the crowd, which was telling to me once that match didn't get any kind of reaction, I knew that this card was dead and I was worried about the main events to be completely honest with you. Yeah, no, I was too. I'm, gl I'm glad they woke up. Cause I was, I was very, very and they nervous. Woke, and they, they woke up for Cena and Rusev. And, it, and yeah. at that point it dawned on me. It was like, look, these crowds are so sick of being burned. They're, they only react to, you know, the top 1% of the card that, that's actually booked well and presented in a way that they sh should be presented. I mean, can you blame them for not reacting until Cena and Rusev hit the ring? I mean, I can't. No, I know. I, and I said I qualify that when, when we were talking about the crowds at the beginning is that, that, yeah, they actually had a reason to be dead. And these crowds that we've had, you know, in the lead up here, they're, they're, they're traditionally not the greatest crowds or whatever, but – you know, we it, it it goes to our point though. If if the thing's good, a traditionally bad crowd is still going to go crazy. You, you know what I mean? Like if the stuff makes sense, if it's good, because we saw this crowd was traditionally a bad crowd. Memphis you know, was kind of has that reputation, and they did nothing the whole card. And then those last two matches, the ones that mattered, the ones that were good, the ones that are guys that 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 have personalities that are presented well, that win, that you know, th then they got crazy. But these why would you these trading win mid card guys? Why would you get behind them? Uh, who's, who's gonna cheer for now, those guys? Does Memphis have a bad reputation? I mean, look. I think so, yeah. I, I, I from what I remember. I know it's a billion years ago and it's not really relevant. Yeah, but, that, but it, it was it wasn't it wasn't a cold crowd when Lawler was headlining. No, I know. Yeah, it, it's I think in the past few years, and someone else can kind of qualify. There's a lot of people who who really, really care about this sort of stuff and and cover it, but I think I'm almost positive that Memphis the past, you know, five to ten years or whatever has been kind of bad. But I, mean, I, I don't know 100%, but I, I thought I heard that from a few people. I don't keep track of that how stuff. Many, so how many people do you think who were going to the Mid-South Coliseum to see those hot <laughs> Zero. Zero percent. Do you really think it's zero? All right, let's see. No, I, I mean, I, okay. what, I, 30 years ago. 
Okay. We're talking 30 years ago. Yeah. So how old are you when you're 30 years ago is what, 85? That's kind of stretching. But let, all right. All right. So let's say 30 years ago. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you have to go like 83 or whatever. Like, right? Wouldn't you go like 83, 84? Like, I mean, early, early 80s? I, I, they still had their moments all the way up to the late 80s, I would say. They still had their moments. Okay. So let, let's, let's say 30 years ago. Okay. All right. If you were 20, you're, you're 50 now. Okay. <laughs> No, I mean, you're laughing. Yeah. How many, how many fifty-year-old, how many people fifty years or older do you think? Let's let's extend it. Maybe there were, you know, I'm sure teenagers went to those shows. How many people forty-five or older do you think were in that fast lane crowd? And out of those people who were forty-five or older, how many were wrestling fans when Memphis was hot and were there to see, you know, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee have their nineteenth loser leaves town match? How many of those fans do you think? We're in the building for Fastlane. If there were 15,000, I don't even know how many people were in the building. If there were 15,000 people in the building, how many of those 15,000? Let's see what, see what our attendance number is. Uh, 16, 16, uh, 548. Right, so if there was, there was 16, 5 in the building. Out of those 16, 5, do you think there are 1,000 people who attended a uh, Memphis show? <sighs> Man, that's... Over or under 1,000? I would go under. I think I'd go under also. I would definitely go under. There's maybe a few grandpas here and there, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at that, I mean, that, that, uh, yeah, at the teenagers, maybe a few of them, they would have kids or whatever they would come with. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if you were a fan of Memphis wrestling in those days, why the fuck? Why would the fuck would you? Why watch would you this? watch this <laughs> shit? I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, why would you run out and buy a ticket for this crap? I mean, that, it's, yeah, it's not what you grew up with. That's why I go way under is because if I knew that, if I grew up in this, I would look at this and go, oh my god, like you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it's. I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> if I wasn't, I mean, we're doing the site now because there's a lot of wrestling. I mean, if I wasn't obligated to watch WWE at this point right now, and I think you made this point a few weeks ago, absolutely. Oh, let me tell you something. No way. There's, I wouldn't. No way. And WrestleMania, like I told a friend the other day who was like, hey, what are you doing for WrestleMania? And I was like, I don't know. And like it dawned on me and I was like, you know what? If I wasn't running this website, not a fucking chance in the world that I'm watching WrestleMania this year. Zero. A uh, little early to, to, to say, but I can see where you're coming from. Just nothing hooks me this year. Nothing I, in I that card, you, top to bottom. I can tell you that with this pay. Why do I keep saying? Do I keep saying? Did I say payback before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Right. Well, I, this fast lane card, I can tell you, and I said it last week. If we weren't doing this website, I definitely wouldn't have watched this show. This is one of those shows where I would have. You know what I would have done? I wouldn't have watched, but I would have went back and I would have watched the last two matches because people said they were good. Right, or you'd look, you'd read a review, and they say, "Oh, this one's good." Oh, okay. but yeah, oh. I would have. I would have watched Cena Rusev and the main event. Because those matches got good reviews, mm -hmm. and I would have never watched the undercard. Oh God! Because no. yeah. it, and it would have been like one of those Attitude Era shows where you're always shocked that I never saw it because I wasn't interested in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I only watched like you know the main event or whatever. And now years later, I'm seeing some of these undercards. It, it would have been like that. I wouldn't have wasted time watching the show, but I, you know I would have waited for the reviews. It's because I just there's just nothing going on in this company, but um. I don't know. I guess we should go through match by match. Yeah, let's go. Let's go match by match here. I will start out first with the the thrilling, of course, the authority Seth Rollins, Big Show, and Kane uh, defeating Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, and Ryder. Uh, how bad was this? <laughs> this was I so mean, awful. There was, there was there was nothing bad with the work per se. I mean, this was just... this was six professionals out there having <laughs> a professional wrestling match, and there was nothing wrong with it. But it was if you want to talk about a match. With absolutely no juice and nothing going on, and nobody cares, 
Right. That was this match. I mean, and and then and then you know there was about twenty seconds in this match where there was anything going on, and that was the Ryback hot tag. Ryback did a hot tag, cleaned house, and that was the only twenty seconds where there was anything happening in this match. And then on top of that, Big Show and Kane win the match. <laughs> you got to protect them, Joe. Of course they. You win can't the have match. Big Show. You can't have Big Show dropping falls, Joe. I mean, now, now in all, you're not sure when the next. I mean, and the Demon Kane is probably uh, Roman Reigns next opponent when he wins the title. So you got to, you got to keep him strong. This, this was a house show match at the end of a tour where they didn't feel like working hard. That's what this was. This was, and we've, all, and we've was, all been to house shows and saw those match. And, yeah. And even like a Seth Rollins, even he, you could tell was just like, eh. <laughs> like, forget it. Like Ryback, I think was the only one here that had any semblance, like you said, and, of, of and, fire. Or anything, and that was but, for 20 seconds. And, and this set the stage. Once I saw this, I went, Oh no. Cause this was a match. I was like, ah, this could be kind of good. Mm, okay. And, and, you know, Big Show and Kane. Now, I know this isn't any kind of hot take. Okay? <laughs> I know this isn't any kind of fresh look. But, I mean, for fuck's sake, Luke Harper isn't on this show. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he wasn't. But oh, yeah. Luke Harper is a fucking goat. You can't find Luke Harper with a search party. I haven't seen Raw this week yet. I have it on the DVR. and I'm. Oh, I don't think it was there either. I'm dreading having to watch Raw. So I don't know was, was Luke there. Harper there? Yeah, when the hell is Luke Harper been? This is my point, though, and I know this isn't any kind of hot take, but because I know that there's no one who disagrees with this. But there's got to be one or two people, right? Why are Kane and the Big Show in the position that they're in, and why isn't it too fresh? Why isn't it Eric Rowan and Luke Harper? Right. Why? Are, well, you had to break them up. Well, yeah. I mean, why, it doesn't even have to be those. <laughs> pick, pick someone else then. Right. Just why, make two monsters and and get somebody else over why, for God's sake. Why sakes. isn't it Baron Corbin and and Luke Harper? Why isn't it right? They don't do anything. They don't do anything discernibly different than any other yeah, big I mean, man would do. They, they, all they have going for them at this point is years and years of reputation. So they have nothing. Look, Big Show is washed up. Okay, he's a he's a million pounds. He's old, and he's clearly on the back end. And and Kane is Kane, and it's like. Either way, could you get excited even if they were still like okay? No, because they're overexposed. Like at this point, I mean, God, it's 2015, and they have been in this company. So Kane since 1997, and Big Show since 19, and and consistently a major part of the program. And I'm not saying during that time, like I'm not saying fire them. Even though at one point I was saying fire them, like a couple months ago. But um, it's like I'm not saying get rid of them or anything like that. But why aren't two fresh, young, unexposed guys in that spot getting over? Why mm-hmm. isn't it Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, for instance, in that role as the authority goons, winning matches, uh, causing havoc, and, and getting and, put over by the authority, and getting put over by the authority, and like, why does it have to be these two? And and look again, this isn't some hot take, okay? No, there's no one out there disagreeing with this one, but I mean, it just it blows my mind, and 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 to exemplify it, they're beating Eric Rowan. Right. And, and you can't find and, and, and you can't find Luke Harper with a fucking telescope. Like you, it's 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 crazy. To, it's it's crazy to me. I don't get the fascination with these two guys. Look, give them a different role. At this point, they should be the baby faces putting over the new heels. You know what I mean? They, like they should be on the face side of this. Big Show and Kane with their reputations with the stock that they have with, with maybe the casual universe type fans putting over the Luke Harper's and Eric Rowan's, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's the other way around. And it, it's, it just, it blows your mind. It's, it's, and this yeah. matches. And look, 
this match was nothing more than a setup for the Randy Orton return. I get it. Okay, I understand that. It was a setup for Randy Orton to save everybody from the from the from the curb stomps. And the thing is, what's scary is with this WrestleMania card, which I don't know how it's going to do with the universe fans. I can tell you right now that the smart fans, the kind of fans that listen to our show, are are completely unenthused with the WrestleMania lineup, which we're going to get to and go over briefly after we finish going over this pay-per-view. But the scary thing is the Randy Orton-Seth Rollins match, I'm actually looking forward to that match more than anything at WrestleMania because it's like, to me... That's the the only match so far that's been rumored that can give me what I want as a fan. That has a mm-hmm. chance to be a decent match, and I, you know, I it's and it, it, it's a fucking Randy Orton match. <laughs> Think about a, that. a Randy Orton match is the match. Like normally, the Randy Orton WrestleMania match is like you know what was it three, three two or three years ago? It was Kane versus yep. Randy Orton, and Orton lost. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, 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 you know, he was in the three-way last year, and it's like he's, he never does anything I'm particularly interested in, but I'm interested in him versus Rollins for whatever reason more than anything else so far that they've set up. So I get that this match was just to set up that match. I understand that, but it's just so baffling at this point <clears> that they continue to use Big Show and Kane in that role when they have younger, fresher, unexposed people on the roster that they could be utilizing in that capacity. And I got to tell you, I can't even say it's frustrating because it used to be fr- – it's past the point of frustrating. Right. It's just comical at this point. Yeah, and, and to your point too is – and you sort of mentioned a little bit – is that the fact that they're not being used to put those guys over either. Like, okay, so if you're going to be in these roles or whatever, at least use them to get guy. I mean, they're, no, they're protected. Like, they're the ones winning. It's just like, okay, it, all right, it whatever. beat Roman Reigns on Raw three weeks ago. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. Like, What was the point even... of that? <sighs> I still don't understand why they. That is one of the more baffling. Yeah, I, I don't know what that was like. A, somebody lost a bet or something. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be the impetus to a Roman Reigns turn at some point. And it wasn't. Yeah, but it, it probably was in that hour that Vince McMahon decided it was going to be. No, you what, you're decided. right. Who knows what their thought process? Was. And then an hour and a half later, he was like, "What heel turn? What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, Ugh. Can you imagine being in the writers' room with that guy right now? I can't. I, I like. Like watching that show, I mean, you can just tell the manic, like week by week, it's just nothing related. Like, like he does. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, it's not a hot. I, like you said, not a hot take. Why, We're not gonna let me ask you a question. Right now, why like, do they? Why does that company have writers to begin with? Because it's, I don't know. It's basically a room full of people pitching to Vince pitching to him, and then he ultimately <laughs> he does what he wants anyway. So basically, here's right. what it is: it's a room full of people. And Vince waiting for someone to tell him what he wants to hear. Yes. Well, why doesn't Vince just skip the middle man and tell I everybody else what he wants? It's like because that's that's people? what his dad did. His dad did wrestling. He does. I don't know why. Why even employ these people <laughs> if you're just waiting for them to say to to, to confirm <laughs> what you want to do? Like that. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Like it. It seems. It seems like it seems redundant, doesn't it? Like like I wouldn't like. I think I think of my place of work. I don't employ four people to work underneath me to give me ideas until I hear the thing I'm going to do anyway. Like I wouldn't employ those people and waste that money. It doesn't make sense. I <laughs> I, I I can't even. I don't know. I mean, yeah. and and the undercard stuff, which he <laughs> the undercard stuff, which presumably he doesn't care about. Isn't exactly, you know, th- those aren't exactly the hottest angles uh, that we've seen ever. So it's not like these people are coming up with fantastic ideas for the undercard. I mean, you know, uh, the page storyline is that she's pale. 
I mean, it, it, right. this isn't yeah. the most creative stuff, uh, you know. But I don't know what what was match number two on this fantastic. Uh, that show? was the fantastic Goldust defeating Stardust. Okay, the match that I have a. I had to check I, my audio to make sure my TV didn't explode because I wasn't hearing anything. Oh, it was just it was badly mic'd, Rich. It was it was a red hot crowd. I know. But um, I have a lot to say about this match. I have I have more. I, I have more to say about this match than the length of the match. So, yeah, which went uh, eight fifty five. So here, you know what? Let me let me we'll do this experiment. <clears throat> let me grab my uh, my trusty timer. We did this for uh, something not too long ago. Okay. Right. This I will do. Up, oh, sorry. Uh, we'll do we'll do eight minutes. I'll have an alarm go off at eight minutes. All right, and go. Right, so we talked about how Stardust got maybe the worst reaction I've heard on a WWE pay per view. Maybe ever because he got no, he got nothing coming out. I've never. Yeah, I was. That's. I had to go to my TV. Like I said, I, I turned the volume up because I was just nothing. I have to go back I and I have to see if Scott Casey got an introduction on that Survivor Series <laughs> because I think he was already in the ring. He may have but... already been in the ring. That team may have already because they didn't always do introductions on the Survivor Series shows. But I would imagine that his reaction. He probably even got some token cheers. Okay. Stardust got nothing. He didn't get a single boo or cheer from any people. I'm not making this up. If you didn't watch this show, or if you did watch this show and you think I'm uh, exaggerating, I've never heard a non-reaction like this on a WWE pay-per-view before. No one gave a single fuck about Stardust. And honestly, why the hell would they? That is, yeah, well, again, that is yeah. such a terrible gimmick. It hasn't worked. It's gotten worse by the week. And they blew this 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 brother-brother feud by about two years. They mistimed this by about two years. Okay. Yes, I know they had a bunch of, of good matches uh, during that time frame. They could have done it last year. They could have done it two years ago. But they and 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 I don't see where there's going to be room for this at WrestleMania. So they're not even going to be able to get it onto the WrestleMania card anyway. So it, they totally mistimed this feud. It would have been much better served done uh, during a different time period. Okay. Goldust gets no reaction coming out either. Nobody cares about the brother brother feuds always have trouble getting over. We all know that this one is completely not, and they just don't care. Okay. So they work this eight minute match, right? And the story of the match is Goldust, the big brother doesn't really want to be fighting his little brother and he doesn't <laughs> want to hurt him. So he's kind of going half speed. He's trying to use wrestling holds as opposed to punches and get, he doesn't want to hurt his little, we've all been, well, it's got the cool story. It's got the great story too, of uh, Goldust wants his brother to stop being a character and stop being a, you know, a, a, a guy with face paint. That's really wild and weird. Yes. So, and he, which unfortunately Goldust, if you uh, watch the match or are familiar with Goldust is a weird guy who wears face paint. Right. But and and he didn't do as I say, not as I do. So right, and he didn't want to hurt him. So, but the whole that whole story of the match did not get over with the crowd. Okay, either the crowd didn't understand, it or more than likely, they just didn't give a fuck about the match, and they nothing they did was going to go. But but here's what I hate, and this is something I've been pounding home on Twitter for the last couple of months. Stardust takes control in this match. No, okay, none of his heel heat is he. You know, they're in the heat segment of the match. We're supposed to be putting heat on the face. None of it's getting over. The crowd doesn't care about anything they're doing. So what does Stardust do? He locks on the patented WWE heel rest hold. Okay. The old side headlock. Okay. Which goes to show that whatever they're doing, and you know, this is what they're teaching them in NXT. This is what they're teaching these guys to do. Cody Rhodes is a product of their system, one thousand percent, and he doesn't know how to work. A lot of the guys on this roster don't know how to work. And it, the other thing is. 
it's almost as if these guys are, you know, they, they get with the agent, they lay out the match, and and it's and 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 part of it's not their fault because I know that they're taught not to deviate from the layout of the match, which is a major problem. Because in a match like this, where the crowd wasn't into what they were doing, I don't want to come off sounding like the get off my long guy that I was just ripping ten minutes ago. But twenty or thirty years ago, or even fifteen years ago, you know, they wouldn't have stuck with that plan. They would right. You got to you got to you got to work on the fly. Okay, it's not working here. They would have done let's, something let's call else. It. And try. Right. They would have picked either picked up the pace, or done. Here's two things you can do when you've lost the crowd: pick up the pace, or 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 somebody hit a real big high impact move. You know what I mean? Have the have Goldust hit, you know, one of his 45 year old Huracanranas that always get the crowd going, or have him hit a big, you know, power slam or something. A bit do something stiff to wake the crowd up. You know what I mean? But it's they don't do that anymore, and. And it shows you the the mindset of a guy like Cody Rhodes, who everyone tells me is this tremendous worker. Well, that I wanted hey, to get to that too. Uh, that that's what? that's my I, larger I cha- point. I'm, about cha- this, I'm challenging anybody. I challenge anybody listening to this to name me three great Cody Rhodes matches. Yep. Do it. I want to hear what they, they, why this how this guy's a great worker. Give me that's give me I, three I, great Cody Rhodes matches. And don't I don't give me your tag I, matches. Give me three great <laughs> Cody Rhodes matches. I want to hear why these great matches that Cody Rhodes has had over the years that make this guy a great worker. Is there a more average guy on the roster than Cody Rhodes? The guy's the definition of mediocre. And let me tell you something, okay? It, that match, whatever they were doing wasn't getting over. What did he do? He slapped on the WWE heel rest hold. Yep. You think that got over? That never gets over. That, Worse yet, he's a babyface. <laughs> that, or no? Well, I mean, not technically. Yeah, no, I, I, that, no, he's a, yeah. I, I, yeah that sorry. never, ever, 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 ever gets over. Watch Raw every week. Watch Superstars every week. Watch Main Event every week. Watch Smack. Well, don't watch SmackDown because everything's over on SmackDown. Okay, uh, it, because it's it's fucking piped in heat. All right, you you watch any of these shows, and these heels go to this rest hold, and it never generates any heat. And then people are these dopes, these idiots on Twitter argue with me and tell me that that's, quote, good heel work. No, it isn't, idiot. No, it isn't, you dope. Because it, it, because it does it, – how can it be good heel work if the fans don't care? The whole point right. of that spot is to get the fans behind the baby face. So the baby face to get the so the fans get into it so the baby face breaks the hold. The fans never get into that spot, and they haven't for years. And they keep working that spot, and it drives you nuts. In 1985, that spot worked. Turn on your little network, okay? Watch any of those old house shows in 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 the vault or whatever the hell they call it. Okay, go to that little section, turn on your little house show from 1987, 1986, 1985, put on any one of them, watch any one of those mid-card matches, and they're all worked the same way. Watch the heel throw on the side headlock or his rest hold of choice, okay, and then listen to the crowd. Get- well, that's, that's what I've – in my NXT reviews, I shout, you know what? Okay, you want to do the transitional heel rest hold or whatever. God, can we do another one besides the side headlock? On a, on any, on a given episode of NXT, you will get – in in four matches, you'll get four long, like, 
two minute side headlock spots. It, 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 like, but it, but the, can I please get another is, one? It, can it I get never, an abdominal never, stretch? Can I get something? But that's, no matter what it is, it never meets its intended purpose. You, you right. go back and watch these old matches. You can't complain about that spot because the crowd always got into it. The crowd got behind the baby face and then the baby face would start to fight out of it. And then what the heel would do is, is, you know, they would do the tease and then they'd go right back to the hold and then the fans would get behind it again. And then, you know what the heel would do? Because the heel, you know, calls the match and those, I don't know what, who the fuck calls a match anymore. I have no idea who's calling these matches. I don't know. I don't, because these matches are terrible. I don't know who, I don't know how they structure these matches anymore. Okay, but the heel would call the match in those days and they would keep teasing it and keep teasing the crowd until it was just the right moment for the baby face to finally break the hold. And then he would make the big baby face come back and then he'd either win the match or get cut off and lose. And that was the that was the basic match structure of all these house matches. Well, they do that now, but it's now 2015. It's not 1985 anymore. Okay, crowds are more sophisticated now and fans these days want action. They want action, Rich. They don't want rest holds, and they don't respond to that anymore. It's time to change the way you think. It's time to change the way you work, okay? And to show you this great worker, Cody Rhodes was one of this great worker, okay? He's working a match where nothing is over, okay? You can hear a fucking pin drop because well, it's also, Cody what, Rhodes is so, hold on. Cody Rhodes oh, is so great of a worker that you can hear a pin drop, and what does great worker Cody Rhodes do? He slaps on the side headlock, which is never over, and isn't going to help the match get over, and, and it, just, it takes the crowd down another notch. So keep telling me this guy is great, okay? And every time you tell me that this guy is great, go back and watch that match from Fastlane and watch him work the crowd into a coma. Into a coma! And then tell me this guy is great. He doesn't have a clue. And a lot of it's not his fault because that's how they teach these guys to work. Yeah. Change the plan. Do something on the fly for once. Get the crowd into it. Speed it up. And then when I say speed it up, I got guys telling me, oh, that's a rookie mistake. Well, again, this is in 1973. Fans want action. Maybe that was a rookie mistake in 1973 to speed it up. Maybe Nick Bockwinkle, when people booed him because he was boring them to death, maybe he put the guy back in the hold and held him there uh, to, to spite the crowd. And maybe that worked in 1973. But in 2015, that shit doesn't work. We've evolved. Because us, people yeah. are going to look down on their cell phones. Or we've got technology. I've got everything else. We've got a million other things to get people's attention. Attention. People want action. They want action. I don't want to hear about this shit. Oh, well, you know, if they, it, it's not up to the crowd to dictate. Bullshit. This is the <laughs> entertainment business. This is the entertainment business, and you're there to entertain the people who bought a ticket. It is up to the crowd to dictate what goes on in that ring. This isn't 1973. And this is the only, this is the only form of entertainment where some of these fans think that it's it's it, where the performers are allowed to spite the crowd. Where do we get this mindset? Where do we have this mindset from? Where the perform where it's okay for the performers to spite the crowd? Yeah. I- wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chant this is boring at Nick Bockwinkle and see what he would do. Well, Nick Bockwinkle's a fucking idiot then. If 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 he's if if he's intentionally spiting the crowd, you're there to entertain them. Okay. Maybe that worked in his day. It ain't gonna work now. People want action. They want action. Don't tell me about Cody Rhodes being a great worker. Get lost. Cody Rhodes stinks. 
And that's that. That's what I tweeted out when 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 this match. It was it was Monday, I think, and I, and I kind of brought that up because I I was reading other people's reviews and everyone saying, oh, you know, Cody's Cody's a great worker. He's one of the underrated guys on this roster and all this sort of stuff. And why is he just not over? Nothing gets you know. Oh, it's been you know he's done this and he's done this and it just doesn't seem to get over. And it's like okay, the guy has had what now four or five different incarnations of what Cody Rhodes is, and nobody has cared about any of them. Maybe it's time to say, huh? You know what? Maybe he isn't underrated. Co- Maybe he's just not any good. You know what Cody Rhodes is. Cody Rhodes, average. Cody Rhodes is the guy who, if they released him, and they won't because his name is Rhodes. Let's face it, this guy wouldn't even be in this company if his father wasn't who he was. He wouldn't even be here in the first place. He's not—he's a non-entity. He's so—he's mediocre. But he's the kind of guy who, if he got cut tomorrow and got booked by PWG, he'd get booed out of the building. You know why? Because he can't work. He can't work. He knows one way. He was taught in this company and knows one way. He'd go into PWG like Kurt Hawkins and try to work that way, and he'd get booed out of the building. He'd, he'd, he'd get booked in all around the Indies, and every time he went to a work rate Indie or somewhere where he went, and he didn't know what to do and threw on his side headlock, he'd get booed out of He's that guy, and we've all seen those guys who get cut from WWE, and they have to adjust to a, a faster style where fans want action. He doesn't get over in WWE, and he wouldn't get over on the Indies. That's what he. That's that's who Cody Rhodes is. Yeah. He knows what he was taught that system. Which is what's funny too is that you're bringing up that discussion about you know what what the story of this match was and how he does a side headlock. By the way, you you passed the time like three minutes ago about <laughs> the, the time of the match. Um, you you were talking about how it was, that was kind of the story of the match is that you know the brother didn't want to you know whatever we know that we know what built up to this match or whatever you know Stardust turning on Goldust. That's the thing I have with the side headlock thing too is like okay. It doesn't match with the story at all. Like Stardust is this guy who's who's really pissed off at his brother because he's trying to change him. His brother's trying to not hurt him or whatever. So Cody decides uh, had you know what I mean? Like it's just that's the stuff that they just don't think about anymore. There's not those little things anymore that, that matter. It's, it's just Cody like Rhodes is a great worker, Rich. He's great, right? And that's what I mean. Like that if if you want to really play the story that it should be, and that's another reason a lot of times these matches don't get over too is because these guys have these characters and they have these stories and then they go out there and they just have a template match and it's just like well that doesn't mag- doesn't matter with anything. Thing. That's why that I, I remember, uh, you know, a few years ago, it was TLC, I think. It was that Shield, uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane uh, and Ryback match. Uh, you remember that one from 2000, uh, the, late 2012. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. The great match, because what it was, it was so much, the Shield didn't go out there and say, you know what, guys, we got to work WWE. Let, let's go in there. We'll do some headlocks to start off. We'll do this. We'll transition here. Kane will get some heat on me. They fucking, everybody, the match started and guys just started brawling because it was like, here's this renegade group of three dudes that that are different and they're, they're, they come through the crowd, they fight through the crowd, they brawl, they use tables, they use this sort of stuff, and they use that. They didn't say, okay, guys, let, let's, you know, hey, let's, we got to do, we'll, we'll do that later. We'll do that at the end of the match, but we got to do the, you know, we got to do five minutes of the, the basic stuff. Bell rang, let's go. And it was different, and everybody kind of woke up and went, oh, geez, that was really good. Because it was – in this match, you talk about this, and we're, we're, we're spending way too much time, but it's more of a microcosm of everything, is that you look at – you know, Cody Rhodes is is upset that his brother turned on him or, or, or upset that his brother decided he should, you know, change his oh, life. Cody Rhodes so is, he beats he, him up. He's nuts. Cody Rhodes is nuts. Well, he's nuts. Well, he's not. Okay, so he's nuts. So he's so nuts that he's going to slowly transition. That's what I mean. Like, let, let think of the psychology of that, too, where people are shouting at, oh, that's the psychology of wrestling. No, it's fucking not. The psychology of wrestling is playing up the story and playing up your character and doing all that sort of stuff the psychology of wrestling isn't inherent psychology of wrestling or what people think psychology of wrestling is it matters based off the match every match should feel and look and and have a different feel to it you, and you know what the other thing is rich 
It's not that they never got the crowd into the match. It's that they never did anything different to try to get the crowd into the no, match. No, there was nothing. It was, I, okay, here's our play. Yeah. Here's our eight-minute plan. Let's to, do it. Okay, done. And, that, yeah. and that's what kills me, you know? And it's like if they had changed things up or, 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 or went to a different pace or, or Goldust took control. I mean, I know that guy knows how to get over. It's like they stuck to that shitty plan to the bitter right. end. And you know what? I don't know if they're to blame. Or the agent is, to, or the or the agent is to blame, or this. Yeah, they just don't want to rough any feathers yeah, or whatever. Or this no system, this yeah. whole system is to blame. It's the system. I, think. I don't. I don't know who to blame. Here's what I, I think it's. Here, I, I do think it's. Systemic. Here's what I know. Here's what I know, though. I know that Cody Rhodes couldn't work his way out of a paper bag if you took him out of this system. That's what I know because this is yeah. all he knows. Right. And and this is what he's been taught from day one. And this was, you know, it's it's almost like, you know. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, shit, you're not getting over. OK, this is the big feud that you've been waiting to do for three years. OK, there's limited spots on the WrestleMania card. You would think that these two guys would have switched gears and done something to get to try to get over. And then mm-hmm. and then at that point, if they would have tried something different and still hadn't gotten over, well, then you could just say, well, you know what? It wasn't meant to be tonight. With nothing we could have done with, with this crowd was going to get over because they just don't care about us. When they don't care about this, but they didn't even try. They did nothing different. They're slapping on the, 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 the heel side headlock, which, by the way, never gets heat anymore. Look, if that spot got heat, look, I never, I never loved that spot. But you couldn't complain about it in 1985 because it worked. It, it got the intended result. If something gets the intended result, what can you do? They're doing what they're supposed you know, to If it works, it works. You can't complain about it. I didn't like any of Hulk Hogan's matches during the Hulkamania era either because they were the same formulaic bullshit. He'd take a beating for seven minutes. He'd Hulk up. He'd hit the boot in the leg drop and win. I was dozing off as a 12-year-old. But you know what? It was fucking over like – you can't complain. It worked. Who can blame the guy? Who can blame right. the guy for, for being lazy and working that way because he was over and he was making millions of dollars? It works. If it works, it works. If it works, it works, okay? And that's – that. We'll, we'll get into that later i think it's a big microcosm of the company as a whole if it works these days i mean they they don't they don't subscribe to that anymore but so you can't you can't <laughs> tell me that these that these heel rest holds are good here it's only good heel work if it works if the fans don't react it's shitty heel work why is that so hard for people to understand that spot is not a good spot if the fans sit on their hands you're just taking you're losing their attention and in today's world, it doesn't take much to lose people's attention. We, right, and that, I think that's we a, that, all have ADHD. Sort of, we all have it. Right. I mean, there's no way to escape it. And I think that's that's a point you brought up earlier that that I thought was a larger point because there's going to be those people that we're going to hear and they're going to say, well, you know, what do you want them to just make Michael Bay movies and just every second is a move or whatever? We're not saying that at all, but you have to realize well, that we're in a generation I'm gonna, now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter that argument in about 15 okay. minutes when we get to the Cena Rusev match. Right. Which was that? Which was to an extent, but yeah. Well, yeah, but that. That's it, it's and you mentioned you brought it up. We have phones. We have this. We have that. I mean, there's so many distractions now that and, and every sport is kind of dealing with it to an extent that like, look, we need to sort of worry about the downtime, like prolonged periods of downtime in this generation, whether it's right or wrong or you agree or, or you know, I hate it or whatever. It's a fact. And the fact that if you spend seven minutes of your match stalling and doing nothing and, and sitting on your hand, I mean, the crowd's not going to react. Why would they react? And they're, they're not going to react, especially if you're not over. You might even right. be able to get away. You might be able to get away with that shit if you're over. You, you, right. Or you, right. these two guys, obviously, you know, they should have. They known. They knew in their with their entrances that they weren't over that night, and they stuck to that shitty plan. 
It's just, and you want to tell me Cody Rhodes is a great work? Get lost. So I have here, I, Joe, I have a list. Uh, Cagematch.net uh, does a, a great little kind of rating system that they have where people can rate matches. Where's all these Cody Rhodes uh, four-star matches? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a one out of 10 scale. So they, they do it out of one out of 10. Um, I'm going to give you, <laughs> there's not many to choose from. These are all of the Cody Rhodes matches that got over five in the cage match rate. Five, so, five is right in the middle. Five's mediocre. Yeah, five's not good. You, you, sevens, you know, that's when you start getting into the bright green and obviously. I, and yes. I don't want to hear about tag matches with his brother where his brother did all the work. Right, so I, I'm, I'm going strictly because there's a lot of little tag matches and, and, and this gets kind of clouded too because you have like money in the banks and Royal Rumbles or whatever. So, so what I did is I stripped all those out and I looked at just singles. Matches. I don't want those so, tag yeah. matches, Rich. I, Gold does carry his ass in those matches. I don't want him. I don't want those matches. What about Ted DiBiase Jr. when he carried him during the legacy? Well, I'll, I'll, you're not going to find any with DiBiase Jr., but I'll listen to if you got some. No, 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 no. I'm going strictly singles matches here because I think that's that to me is a true sense. Unless he, unless you're going to argue with me that he's an elite tag team worker, which uh, okay. Um, <laughs> here's these great, great, great. So there's 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 plenty to choose from here. We well, have. You know what's uh, scary? He's a better tag worker than singles worker. Is what's scary. Right, but, which is not okay. good. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have November first, two thousand eleven. Him versus Randy Orton. Do you remember that one? What show? I I need for that thing. was for uh, random SmackDown. It was a street I, fight on SmackDown. Rich, I have no clue. I don't. Yep. I okay. Probably didn't even see uh, it. To be honest with you. Here's another one. That that got a uh, six point four seven. So that's his highest uh, cage match rated singles. Hold match. on a second. That's his highest rated cage yep. match singles match ever. Mm-hmm. Six point four out of ten. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's fan ratings, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that's and and I don't know the numbers. Well, obviously the people. Well, obviously the people in our Twitter feed aren't voting in that because all all I'm hearing about is how Cody Rhodes is a great worker. Yeah, he's underrated and all that stuff. Okay, here's another one. Uh, we have uh, May first, 2011 versus Rey Mysterio. That got a six point five or a five point six seven. Sorry, five point six seven. That was on Extreme Rules 2011. That's his second highest rated singles match. Was I done. at that show? Is that the one? In, no, it was the one in Tampa, not Chicago. Okay. That's his second highest rated singles match. That's the second highest. Okay, what's his highest rated Meltzer singles match of all time? Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, that's it for the uh, over five. So there's two. He's got two matches ever. Yeah. And cage match, they vote on everything. Well, because this is this is Meltzer's one. He gave three and uh, three and three quarters okay, for that. Okay, so that he's Rose never Orton he's won. never had a four star match no. via Dave Meltzer, and he's never had a match rated over six and a half by the fans on Yeah, His, his only four-star matches here, I'll go real quick, and, and counting tags or whatever. Um, I'm not counting. There's a Royal Rumble, and there's three Money in the Banks. I'm not, I'm not counting those, obviously. Uh, we have Goldust and Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. is from um, October 2013. And then we have a, uh, a three-way tag with uh, Rhodes, Goldust, Usos, and then Roman, uh, Reigns and Rollins. Those are the only two four-stars that are not Money in the Banks or Royal Rumbles, so... Yeah. <laughs> Underrated. All right. Can we move on? I mean, hey, if we're missing something, that's fine. Send us the, like your, said, your I, favorite Cody Rhodes I, I want to hear what these great Cody's Rhodes are. Give me links, too. I want to know what these great Cody I got the network. Tell me where to watch these great Cody Rhodes matches. I want to see them. All right. So we'll move on to Fastlane because that's what we were actually talking about here. Uh, we had the tag match. We just talked a little bit about Tyson Kidd and Cesaro uh, defeating the Usos to win the tag team titles. Uh, I enjoyed this. It was it was it was solid. That's about it. It, it, it I, I had pretty high expectations. I don't know if it met those, but it, it was okay. I went three and a quarter. I thought it was a good match. I thought this was a match where the crowd really brought it down. You have, mm-hmm. you have matches where the crowd brings them up. You have matches where the crowd brings them down. And the crowd really dragged this match down. I thought the work was better than the reactions they were getting. Uh, the crowd, it, it was almost like the crowd wanted to react to this match. 
but they never got all the way there. And um, but I, I did think that they worked hard, and everyone did work hard, and I liked the finish. I like that the heels won. Essentially, they won clean. I mean, you had a little bit of uh, distraction uh, at the end, but it, by WWE standards, this was a clean heel win. It was as clean as you're going to get. Yeah. And I am not of the Jim Ross school of thought where if the heel doesn't cheat, then why? Then he's not a heel. I don't believe in that. Again, I think that's old school thinking. I think heels are heels for their attitudes more than their actions. I think the best heels are heels because of their attitudes and and not because of their attitudes. You know what I mean when I say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got so, you. Yeah. And I think we've learned, I, you know, if MMA has taught us anything, it's, you know, it's you're a heel because of who you are or who you present yourself to be more than, you know what I mean? It's, it's you know, your Chael Sonnens and your Nick Diaz's, you know, they're assholes. Heels are assholes. They're not necessarily cheaters. You know what I mean? To me, a heel doesn't have to hold the tights to be a heel. He just needs to be right. a dick. Uh, yeah, like a guy like Kevin Owens in NXT is a, is a great example right now of, of – of, and, you know, he's getting some cheers here and there. But I think overall, the way he's being presented, you know, that crowd's going to do that regardless. But the way he's being presented is great. He, he's a total asshole, and he has no remorse for, detr- you know, killing his friend because he just wanted to – I mean, he doesn't even see the issue in it. He's just like, well, you know, that's how I wanted the title. I want to win money. Sure. You know, yeah. once I win, I get money. So I don't care. Yeah, I – I killed my friend and I don't know where he's at and he's maybe hurt. Huh? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the basic principles of pro wrestling, yeah. you're always going to remain, but the, but uh, you know, the subtleties uh, do progress and change over time. And I think people get stuck in the past far too often. I think people can be heels based on their attitudes. And here's yeah. the other thing too. Naturally though, if, 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 if a guy's a dick and he's a heel, but he's winning his matches clean, he's going to start to get some cheers, but who cares? So what? As long then as he's, he's over, then, you know, he gets enough cheers. Then okay. he's a face. Right. Okay. And then when he starts getting cheer, <laughs> exactly. you made my next point. When he start, when those cheers start to be, you know, overwhelming and, 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 and to the booze, well, you got yourself a hot baby face. Isn't that how this works? Isn't this how it's supposed to work? <laughs> I thought so. I thought so, so I mean, Joe. I mean, why, you know, I hear people say, oh, well then he'll get cheered. So what? The <laughs> baby faces don't even get cheered anymore. Or at least someone will yeah, be at this getting point. Cheered. Who cares? If the crowd say anything, let's let's I use mean, it. I mean, for fuck's sake, at least someone will be getting cheered. Thank God Brock Lesnar gets some cheers. Roman Reigns sure isn't. I mean, God, I mean, why? Who cares? Can we get out of 1970 ever? Oh, I'm just I'm in a mood now, Rich. Uh, you are. I could tell. So let's uh, let's let's try to get you out of that mood. Nikki Bella defeating Paige. Another the total nothing match. Just so it bad. It could have been on main event. It could have been on Raw. It could have been on Superstars. A complete nothing match. I have nothing else to add. Yeah, this is awful. Yeah, I I don't want to. I, nah, I yeah. Hashtag Terrible. give divas a chance because this was yep. nothing. This was not good at all. And they were they uh were not in the death spot. And believe it or not, the crowd did not react. Still. So. Oh, I was told that the only reason that never, oh, is never, it that never mind, never mind. I don't. I, let's. That's that's okay. That's totally for another podcast. Yes. Okay. Not one that we do though, right? You're going on another show. Yeah, I, I won't drag you down into my abyss. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. All right. So then we had the IC title match: Bad News Barrett defeating Dean Ambrose by disqualification. Good. God. And then Ambrose decided to beat him up and just take the title anyway. So Yeah, I mean, we talked about... We can't have him win. We just have to have him carry the title forever. I mean, neither one of these guys worked particularly hard. They probably... You know, it's a combination of two things. Number one, the crowd was dead for the entire thing. And number two, they probably knew that the finish blew. I mean, these are human beings. These aren't you know, these aren't robots out there programmed to perform. I mean, these are human beings. If, if, if they know that they have a shitty finish, 
it's going to, you know, it may, it may reflect in their work, especially when the crowd's not into it either. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, you're going to go out there and kill yourself when you know the crowd doesn't give a fuck and when you know you're just going to let the crowd down anyway. And, and you know, the, you know, before I said the first time the crowd reacted on this show was for the Cena-Rusev match. That's a lie. The first time the crowd reacted on this show was when they booed the finish of this match. Yeah, they, they really – there was some vitriol there for sure. So – I mean, shitty finish. We've talked at length about Ambrose. You wrote a long article on the website, which you, I guess, were too humble to plug or forgot that you wrote. I did. Uh, you, oh, you did plug it? No, I didn't plug it. But yeah, the Dean Ambrose cooled yeah. out. I, just, I basically looked at his win-loss record, you know, relative to Reigns. And, and, and it was my theory, and I, I think it's, it's played out pretty well, is that they – and we, we talked about it on the podcast too during the summer and during the fall that I think WWE was legitimately worried that he was going to be in the Daniel Bryan role at the Royal Rumble. I mean, the guy – and people laugh at that now knowing where he's at – Dude was over like crazy. He was huge. When he came back from that movie, gigantic, and he was winning a lot. He was 9-1 when Reigns was out, and he was the, the – and then Reigns comes back in the Build the Royal Rumble, and he just loses all the time. He's he's in the, the Bray Wyatt feud, who I called, you know, the 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 heat destroyer Bray Wyatt because it was, it was perfect because it works to a charm. The eater of heat. Yes. Dean Ambrose, uh, nobody cared about him anymore because he was doing magic tricks and being weird, and, and, and now, you know – He's in this spot now, and and nobody could care less. I mean, yeah, they really, they really, uh, they really destroyed the momentum they had going with the guy. And and listen, I can't really debate your theory. You could be absolutely right that they were afraid they were going to have that same dynamic. You could totally be right. But luckily, that. so they, they they destroyed Dean Ambrose, so he wouldn't play the Daniel Bryan role, and then everything was fine with the Royal Rumble because they didn't have a Daniel Bryan. So it's it's yeah. they're they're so smart when they do that stuff. Joe. Brilliant company. They think ahead of time and they, they get stuff done. They're like, you know what? We can't have somebody taking over the Rumble again. We you know we have this idea and we need to let it go clean and not have the fans turn on it. And by golly, they did. So yeah, well, you know, this is a Vinnie Mac. This you need all those writers in the room to come up with this with this great <laughs> Vinnie Mac. What a genius. So uh, so any I have some breaking news here in a little bit about the IC title. It's it's fitting enough. Um, and I guess it talks to our our, our WrestleMania point. Uh, there was some intrigue about you know how they're going to build. Um, there's been some SmackDown spoilers, if you care about SmackDown spoilers. Uh, Dan O'Brien's in the uh, IC title hunt these days. I don't know if you know that. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and there was sort of – there was there was being bandied about of, hey, what are they going to do here? Multi-man match. Uh, WWE just sent out a text uh, that the Intercontinental title will be defended in a multi-man ladder match at WrestleMania. Multi-man ladder match. Did they announce the participants? Although we could probably uh, they did not figure say. them it out. It just says you can kind of get them right now. It's going to be Ambrose. It's going to be R-Truth. It's going to be Dolph Ziggler probably. It'll probably be Daniel Bryan. Like, I mean, you could pretty much figure out. It doesn't say who, doesn't say how many, but it just says Intercontinental Champion Bad News Barrett will defend his title in a multi-man, uh, multi-superstar, I apologize, superstar ladder match at WrestleMania 31. So so Daniel Bryan has gone from winning two <laughs> matches in New Orleans and being the focal point of WrestleMania 30 to being in the, essentially, the Money in the Bank ladder, ladder, yes. ladder match spot where they just throw all of the guys who are, too over to leave off of the show, but not over enough to be in. You know what I mean? Like the, any spot that matters. He's in. Whatsoever. He's in the mid card mafia now. In, in he's in the, the Shelton Benjamin match. role. Yes, it's like we, with those guys. Now listen. I, here's the crazy thing, and I know you agree because you tweeted something similar and took a lot of heat for it. Um, I don't mind him being moved down the card because no, not at I, all. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of getting sick of the guy anyway, and he, and I really think. He needs to be moved away from all things authority and all things. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I want him out of that main event picture as, as soon as possible. Nothing good is going to come of that. Yeah. We, we've had it. We've tried. It's been a year and a half. We've tried. It's been two years. God, it's, and it's, it's not. Guy. It's not going to. He's happen. Just not going to be the guy until the guy in charge dies. So and, let's not fight. And it. yeah, it's like, cares. and maybe in this role, 
he could have those workhorse mid-card matches and, and at least give us something to, to see. Which, if team. you remember when he was the U.S. Championship, uh, champion, there were, there were a lot of those. He had some good matches against CM Punk. He had a lot of really good U.S. title matches. It was that, that kind of SmackDown era, 2000, you know, like early 2011, late 2010-ish area. It was good. I mean, it was fun. There was some different dynamics. That's when he was sort of doing the AJ Lee thing or whatever. That's fine. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> and and we've been saying he needs a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. It's, and he it's, badly needs a fresh coat of paint. So, uh, you know, give him a chance to do something a little different. I don't, I don't really, I honestly, I don't even, it doesn't bother me. So yeah, but the, yeah. And this, and, but you know, the, the Barrett Ambrose match, you know, just, just, just shit. I mean, um, maybe, maybe, I mean, other than the diva match, which just might as well have not existed, you know, maybe the least enjoyable thing on the card because of how crappy the finish was. Uh, so Yeah. All right, let's get to the good parts of this card here. We had uh, Rusev, the U.S. champion, uh, defeating John Cena by ref stoppage. Okay, so I've been waiting to, for you to get to this because for the people who say that, you know, I want everything to be an action movie and don't, you know, okay, I, the pacing in this match, I, I don't know how you saw it, but the pacing in this match was tremendous. I mean, and, and this was the antithesis of the pacing that Rusev normally excels in. Rusev really excels in those, you know, six to eight minute violent sprints. Uh, the kind of matches we've seen him have with Big E, with Jack Swagger, with people like that. These six to eight minute matches that have worked at a frenetic pace and are, are violent and stiff. That's usually where he excels. Where Rusev has struggled early on in his career is when he's been in longer matches. That yeah, the long drawn out WWE style main event. Yeah, we... where he struggled, where he has struggled with being uh, with with the long heel control period is something that he has struggled with. His worst match was his TV match with Roman Reigns where you had these two guys who were relatively green by WWE standards having a long television match and neither one of them had any idea what to do and it was ugly. And that's why I was kind of worried about this match with Cena because we all know that if Cena's in there with the wrong guy, he can have a real stinker of a match. And I was afraid that since this match was going to have to be a long WWE-style main event, it's not a Rusev strength. And, you know, if these guys didn't mesh well, you know, him and Cena were going to be in trouble. But this was a pleasant surprise. They worked that slower pace, and they did it to a T. It was a great – this was a pretty good match. I almost say great. I almost say great, but I don't want to call it a great match. It was a pretty good match. It was a very good match. I'll, I'll call it very good. Yeah. Um, you know, it was – First, they were going move for move, which was important because it established that Rusev was seen as it was seen as equal, and yeah. I thought that was important Agreed. to establish. Okay, then I thought the finish was pretty smart. You know, he, he gets he gets Cena in the accolade. Cena's gimmick is that he doesn't give up, so you know Cena's not going to tap, and I don't have a problem with that. Cena starts to fight out of the act. Well, if he taps, then what, what, who cares? Then why would we ever want to see anything again? You know, you know that that's I had no pride. The finish, people complaining about the finish was Who's were complaining ridiculous. about this finish? Just finish. There were there were a few on Twitter when we were watching. When we were watching live, there were a lot of people yeah, that wanted yeah, to tap. Yeah, because I'm at, I watched a day later, so I'm out of loop. There were a lot that were kind of upset about the tap, and then I think it, it, it kind of dawned on people, you know, after about 20 minutes or so, everybody kind of was like, yeah, actually, that probably is better, you know, that that because now there's a point to another match. Because here's you the know. thing. It didn't, it didn't make Rusev look like a geek either because he had Cena in the accolades. Cena was starting. Now, Lana, she jumps in the ring because she's thinking the match is going to be over because it's the accolade. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so she's kind of she's being crafty here. So she hops. I don't think people picked up on that of why she got in the ring. It wasn't because she thought that Cena was going to get out. It was because she thought it was inevitable that they won. I think that's a lot of people were confused about that. Then I think a lot of people clued him in as to I think that's what they were kind of trying to go for. Yeah, which which is what they were absolutely going for. She was holding the title. She was holding the title. So that's how you know it wasn't. Or she was being crafty. She saw Cena starting to break out, so she played it like she was coming in to celebrate. Either way, it was creative. Okay, it wasn't just her yanking on the ref's leg or, you know, something of that ilk. Oh, you know, so the ref gets his. So he breaks the hold. He kicks Cena in the nuts and he puts the accolade right back (laughs) on him. So he doesn't look like I mean, so you still have that whole Cena kind of got screwed thing. But at the same time, I mean, it really gets screwed. I mean, because, you know, he he just he got he caught a low blow. I mean, this isn't Arena Mexico. I mean, it's, it's he caught a low blow and then. You know, he got put back in the accolade and he passed out. He didn't give up. And, and I thought it was a good finish for a, a situation where they're clearly going to have a rematch at WrestleMania. And now I'm very much looking forward to the rematch at WrestleMania. Um, you know, honestly, Cena's going to win that match. Rusev should win that match because I think at this point, Cena's Teflon anyway. And I think they really have something with Rusev. And I'm not a Johnny come lately, Rich. Okay, you know that. I've been on the Rusev bandwagon way before anybody else was. Okay, I was on the Rusev bandwagon when everybody was still talking about Lana and nobody was talking about the Rusev half. Yeah. Okay, I saw something in this guy and I really didn't have something in this guy. I don't think it'll kill Rusev if they beat him. A lot of people think that once Rusev loses, it's over. And he's the kind of guy where once his streak, he's Ludwig Borga. And once he loses, there's nothing. Left. I don't agree with that. I think no, this I guy's. Don't I think he's improving as a worker. I would have agreed with that maybe six months ago, but or, or eight months ago or whatever. But it's been – it was, I think, that SummerSlam era. It was that summer last year. I was like, this dude is re- – I mean, like, he reached a different level. A lot of the stuff with Swagger, the stuff with Big E was like, okay, no, no. This guy is, is good. He's getting it's not- better and better too. Yeah, every match he's improving. You could – like I, I said this. I think I either tweeted it or wrote it in my review. I think he's one of the five best workers in the company right now. Like, uh, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to argue. In terms yeah. of, and what I mean by that is, in terms of his output right now, if you look at everybody's output right now, are there five people better than him right now in the company? Like, you, you could probably name five people who are better workers, you know, overall, but current output, the here and now, who's better than him? This guy's a top five worker in the company. He really is, and he, he keeps getting better. I was very impressed by this match. Both of them. Cena held up his end, too. Yeah, Cena looked, Cena looked great here, too. So, And I love the way they worked it, and the pacing was great. And to get back to that point, this was not a, uh, a an, an all-out bomb-throwing sprint. This was worked at a great pace. This was a good – this was just a very good wrestling match, which told a great story and had good psychology and accomplished a bunch of things. Right. So don't think I'm sitting here just looking for flips with a Z. And nonstop action. I'm not looking for them to turn into what people think of Dragon Gate or anything like that. But this was this, and, and the crowd, and, and the crowd was into this. You had Cena getting the usual, uh, um, you know, boos and cheers, and as a result, you had Rusev getting mostly boos but some cheers from the people who were rooting against Cena. And this was a fun match. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. We'll get to the main event now here. Uh, this was for, obviously... Hold on the, a second. Uh, you, got no, oh. you got no thoughts about that? Oh. Or did I just talk um, you into a... a, a... You kind of got I mean, you hit everything on there. Yeah, I, I sort of... We did forget something, too, that I'll have to go back on. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think you, you nailed it. I, and I thought I... I gave as but as much as i really can i mean i, I really enjoyed it. i thought the psychology was great i thought 
you know, Cena in particular, and that, that's, you know, we're, we're one of the websites, one of the few, you know, smart websites out there that is more than happy to get Cena credit when it's, when it's due. He was great here. He was really, really good. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff that he does, and people are, oh, he called out spots too loud or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't give a shit, <laughs> whatever. I'm not, that's not going to kill me all that much. I don't care. I, I'm there to be entertained. I don't really care if I hear what, what's coming next or if I know what they're saying. So whatever. But other than that, I really thought overall he played great. I, I mean, he played that role perfect i thought rusev played the role perfect i think that's a guy and you mentioned again i mean rusev is a guy who just gets it just understands how to how to work in these different styles and this is the first time we've seen him work like you said in this style and he nailed it he absolutely nailed it so which makes me say all right yeah go all the way with this dude who cares like now there's nothing stopping him and and it's it's such a contrast to where we're talking about a guy you know in the main event here who i thought who did well you know as well but you look at a guy like roman reigns or whatever where it's just well he's got to you know he's the main event cuz he's got all the things or whatever whereas rusev i mean he's proven it i mean he he has shown time and time again that yeah you can work him in this style you can do him in this style you can do him in this you can do him in this and he's fine and and i absolutely agree with your point that you, regardless of the win streak, I think, yeah, when he loses that win streak, it, it maybe in the interim people are going to go, oh, man, but it's not going to matter because the guy is so talented that he's going to make it work. I absolutely believe he's going to make it work. And as long as they don't break up him and Lana and do some stupid thing where he's, you know, a happy-go-lucky, you know, now I like America, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's stuff that will kill him. But if they go with this character, I mean, there's a lot of legs left on this character. He, he A lot of legs. You, if you save the win for the perfect situation, it's not going to matter. No. It's not going to hurt him. I don't think Cena is that perfect. Now, Cena beating him, and I think Cena will beat him. Cena beating him isn't the right situation. I don't think that'll hurt him, though. But in reality, if I'm running things, if, I, if, I walk, if I'm walking into that writer's room and, I, and it's my final say, Roman Reigns has beaten him. Because if the goal is to get Roman Reigns over as your next uh, John Cena for the next decade, that's the kind of win that he, if he beats Brock Lesnar and then beats that guy, I mean, and then still doesn't get over, well, then you know what? He's not the guy. Okay? So Roman Reigns is the guy who should beat him, not John Cena. I think he should beat Cena at WrestleMania to set up Roman Reigns beating him at some point. And that will crush me because I have no interest in Roman Reigns. And I like Rusev. I'm a fan of Rusev. And, he, you know, I, I, I enjoy what they're doing. But if, if the goal is to get Roman Reigns over as a megastar, he's the guy who should beat Rusev. So, yeah. but as far as the Reigns Brian match, I'll let you go first on that one. Since yeah, well, actually, number real one, quick. I'm freaking out of breath over here because I'm doing all the yeah. talking. Well, one, one quick thing about Rusev as well, and, and and people bring it up of of the win streak, and once the win streak is over, whatever. And I don't think it's it's necessarily the actual streak and 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 the fact that he's never lost and all that sort of stuff. I think the thing that's interesting about him and and why he will still be over in general if they stay away from this, and and it, it shows you we're talking about this top of the card and we're talking about why fans are reacting to this part and nothing else. As long as he wins a lot and wins most of the time, he's fine. And that's the that's such the problem with the WWE mid card that we talk about is that these guys just constantly trade wins. And you can look at my my Dean Ambrose. Uh, article that I wrote that when he was over, he was nine and one. He lost once in that, but hey, he won nine times. So people were like, hey, cool, I can get behind this guy. When they bumped him back down, he was three and three. The year before, he was nine and nine. It was just like, and it was, it was, I love that they were as perfect as they, they were nine and nine and, you know, three and three or three and four or whatever. It was the perfect mediocrity because it's like, as long as Rusev is not just trading wins back and forth, as long as, yeah, he loses once, but then he wins another 15 times in a row. Or then, you know, he he loses twice and then he wins another 30 times. That's all that's going to matter. People just want to get behind somebody one way or another that 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 is something, is either good or bad or he's he's evil or he wins too much or he doesn't, you know, just something. And we look at a guy like Hanma in, in New Japan, he loses so much. And, and that's just one way or another. But this malaise of this in-between of 50-50, why would you care about that? 
who cares about the eighth seed in the NBA? You know what I mean? Like WWE um, used to have, and, and all the territories did, you know, they had something called a gatekeeper. And it's, you don't have gatekeepers anymore because what the gatekeeper was, was an upper mid carder, was an upper mid card baby face who only lost when it really meant something, and it was to set up a heel for something bigger, for the number one babyface, usually the champion. You go all the way back. I mean, Chief J. Strongbow was a gatekeeper. Okay, He was usually the number two or number three babyface, and he would lose big matches at MSG to the, up, to, you know, to the next heel that was coming through to challenge Bruno. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like or, – or Backlund or whoever it was at the time. You know, it, it, it's like he was a gatekeeper. For a time, Tito Santana was a gatekeeper. It's like – and, and every territory had a guy like that. You know, he was the he was an upper mid card baby face, usually the number two baby face, sometimes the number three baby face. You know, it's like you don't even have that anymore in this company because, like you said, you know, these guys because you can only have that if they lose when it really matters. If they're losing all the time, if they're trading wins with people or they're consistently losing and nobody believes in them, beating them doesn't mean anything anymore. OK, and I'm going to tell you. There's one true gatekeeper in the WWE right now. And you know who it is? It's Adrian Neville. Adrian Neville is a gatekeeper now for NXT. Mm -hmm. And it's because the guy running it is running that thing like a mini territory. And he runs it old school with simple story. We've talked about it a million times. Again, yeah. this isn't some kind of hot take either. Okay, everybody knows how NXT is run. It's run like an old school territory in a studio and, and with old school storylines. And Adrian Neville is the perfect example of a gatekeeper. He lost the title. OK, Sami Zayn is the man now. He's the top baby face now. And Neville is the guy that people have to go through. And we've already seen examples of it. Who beat who beat Neville in the finals? They had Finn Balor go through yep. Neville. Who beat Neville on TV uh, last week or the week before? Kevin, Kevin Owens beat Neville. Neville is the gatekeeper now. He's the guy you got to go through to get to Sami Zayn now. You know what I mean? And it's like the, the and, and, and Neville, you know, you don't see him going out there losing to CJ Parker. You don't see Neville going out there. Uh, he only loses matches when it matters to people that matter. Okay? He went all the way through that tournament until he got to Baller. Because, and they protected him. And because of that, he's now a gatekeeper, which is a very, right. very valuable role. And it's, and it's a very simple thing. You know? And it's a very valuable role because it's a guy that people have to like, they have to respect, and the wins have to mean something. And they have that in NXT. And, and it's like the main roster doesn't have a gatekeeper and hasn't had a gatekeeper for a very long time. You know what I mean? I mean, I, Daniel Bryan could be one. Maybe that's his, maybe mm -hmm. that's his role. The problem yeah. with that, though, is the fans like him so much that anybody who beats him, it, it, right. you know what I mean? It, 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 it might be the wrong kind of, you know what I mean? It, it's a different kind of vibe. I think that's going to change a lot. I, I don't think, I, I think, and, and Dave, Put it great. Dave Meltzer put it great in this week's Observer. I think that there's going to be a, a general, okay, we tried, we did it, you know, we did it, whatever. You know, you know, with him, where we're, we tried to make this a big deal, we tried to make it happen, we tried, you know, we were really behind him. I don't think you're going to get that anymore. And, you're, and it's already starting to fade a little bit. WWE did a great job of beating it out of people where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to care. You know, I'm not going to waste my breath chanting yes and booing this guy and doing this because it doesn't matter. Who cares? I think you're going to get to a point now where he can just be another guy. And then that's, that's what they got. They wanted that. So 
Congratulations. So speaking of him, what did you think of the main event? All right, well, no, no, no. We have, I for, completely forgot about this, the confrontation, Joe, the face-to-face confrontation between Triple H and the Vigilante Sting. Oh, that's a good point. What I thought. WCW versus WWE, the man who put WWE out of, or WCW out of business, Triple H. Okay, so the... I, against the face of WCW. Yeah, which... The Vigilante Sting. Which, I mean, Triple H was never and will never be the face of WWE. <laughs> that, and, and it's ironic because the guy that is and should be in that role is The Undertaker. But yes. instead of just doing the Sting Undertaker match now, I mean, they're fucking around and presumably they're going to do it next year. The problem I have with that is if you did that, if you brought Sting in five years ago and you wanted to do a one year build to that match, I'd have no problem with it. And I'd say it's pretty smart. The problem I have with that now is you never know if Sting or particularly the Undertaker are going to be around in a year to do the match. Right. So I don't think you fuck around. I think you take the MMA strategy and make the match when you can. Go the big the match. Go the big match right away. Yeah, before they're before destroyed. Stupid and, happens. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, it's it's I I would have just done it this year. I mean, yes, I understand that. And look, for the people that think there's still people who think that Sting versus Undertaker wouldn't be a big deal. Those people are nuts. Those people are off the fucking reservation. That would absolutely be a big deal. That's the match people want. Okay. Yeah, if anything, just for the entrance. Even if the match itself The match itself will be absolute shit. That, it doesn't matter. Here's, yeah, here's, the, the entrances is going to be off the chart. I mean, it'll be crazy. People would look forward to just seeing how that the, the match would be structured, how it would look, how the entrances would be. You know, There's a lot of intrigue there. The aura of that match would carry that match. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. In a weird way, The Undertaker looking so bad in the Lesnar match kind of gives him a pass moving forward. He no longer has that albatross of having to perform at this five-star level at wrestling. Yeah, he doesn't be doing planches and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. He's good. Because no, he's... now nobody expects him to have great matches. That was almost a blessing in disguise, catching that concussion and having an awful match against Lesnar. That re- it really was. Because now he gets a pass. I don't think anyone is expecting him to have a five-star match with Bray Wyatt. So anything, uh, any kind of decent match Taker has now moving forward this year, next year, whatever, it's kind of like icing on the cake. It's just a little bonus. Whereas with Lesnar, there was an expectation level. But I would just do the match now. I wouldn't fuck around with Bray Wyatt and Triple H. Uh, and, and I understand that the idea is they'll both get wins this year to build up next year. Mm-hmm. I think that's a dicey proposition. <laughs> I got a little inside scoop, Mr. Krejci. Okay. Okay. I got a little inside scoop. So remind me, this is the same Undertaker that last year Vince McMahon, on a whim, decided that he physically wasn't capable of of being a, a big time player anymore, right? Yes, but you're gonna same guy. Okay. You're gonna wait a whole nother year. Right. Okay. The guy that that on a whim we decided, hey, this random guy who we don't have signed beyond the year, we're gonna have him get one of the biggest wins in our company's history because I've decided today that you don't look like you're physically well anymore. Right. But you're gonna wait an entire another year to get him in so there. So three years to that date, we're gonna have a match. Then you're gonna, between th- two. Right. Then you're gonna do the match with Sting, which is the match you should be doing right now. Okay. All right. But can, just making sure it's the same guy. Yeah. Well, I got a little scoop. Okay. Okay. And um, Z or S? You've been he- no. This is a good scoop. So this is an ass. Okay. You, you, you've been hearing these reports. I've been reading these reports of the Undertaker is in such great shape. Uh, he looks great. Uh, he's been working out. He's he's doing. Fantastic. We have Michelle McCool's Instagrams. The back of the Undertaker looks great. Okay. Well, I have. I <laughs> I, uh, I know someone who goes to the man's gym. Okay. And I saw a video, TMZ style video, of the Undertaker at the gym. And uh, well, first of all, this person. Um, is my brother. Okay. He, he goes to the same gym as the other 
he, well, he's the one that saw him shop, right? Or was that you that found? Yeah, that's my brother. Him? Yeah. Okay, because he was he was in line you know, at the self checkout. Yeah, we, yeah, we have posted our TMZ style pictures of both <laughs> Mark Henry and the Undertaker at the supermarket in Austin, Texas. Uh, we've posted both of those, I believe, uh, on our Twitter feed. Uh, if people want to go search them out, so we, we, Voice of Wrestling does go TMZ sometimes. Um, sometimes, when we need. I'm to. not putting the video out because I think that's kind of. No, that's. I weird. feel weird about that. You can so, send it to me. I won't. I'll send won't it be, to you, but no one else. Okay, I won't yeah, be upset about yeah. that, but nobody else can get so it. So because... we're not posting on Twitter or anything. It's kind of. You know, that's weird. I, I yeah, that, that's where I kind of draw the guy. Yeah. Anyway. So um, he goes to my brother's gym and, and my brother texts me. He goes, yeah. So Undertaker goes to my gym and, you know, I, we tend to work out at the same time. So I'm like, oh, that, you know, I was like, how's he looking? He goes, well, now, now I, I should preface it with this. My brother knows whatever my brother knows about wrestling. It's it's through me. He, he's not a wrestling fan. He knows nothing about wrestling. If, if he wasn't my brother, he's the type of person who wouldn't even know who The Undertaker was. Yeah. Okay. Right. He would have no clue who The Undertaker Shrill was. Shrill old man that's working out at his gym. Yeah. He, don't even, he wouldn't even know who the guy is. Okay. He comes over to my house. Maybe wrestling's on. He grew up with me. So he knows uh, – he's aware of The Undertaker. But he's not a wrestling fan. He doesn't – he knows nothing of The Undertaker's physical state or what he's been going through the last few years. He just knows who The Undertaker is. Okay. You know, so I asked him, I said, you know, how, how does he look? How does, how, how's he doing? And my brother's reaction was, um, you know, his text was to the effect of Joe, what's wrong with this guy? He can barely walk. So these reports that the undertaker is doing so well physically and all that, here's someone who knows nothing about the physical ailments. He's going in blind. He, you know, he's gone, coming, he's, he sees the guy with no, he's not on the, yeah, he's not reading the observer with and no and, prejudice. Yeah. And he's asking me, what's the scoop? Why can this guy barely walk? So I was like, you know, try to take some sneaky video. I, I want to see what you're talking about. So it, it's true, man. I mean, look, I know, look, you, Healthy men go to the gym and work out and then are a little sore and, you know, aren't looking very spry when they're leaving the gym sometimes. But um, he's not getting around good. Let me just put that. He's, he's not. He's just not. He looks like a guy who is in pain when he's yeah. walking across a room. I mean, so basically what I'm getting at is this. If he goes to WrestleMania and has anything resembling a passable match with Bray Wyatt, he, he's either, he he's either been shot up with a, a gallon of cortisone or something or whatever it is, uh, or, or it's a minor miracle because he's not moving around real good. Right. No matter what anybody says, he can dye his beard and he can build upper body mass and 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 look aesthetically pleasing going into that match. But as of right now, his his legs at very minimum are a mess. He's not getting around good at all. Yeah. So, and, and we kind of knew that too, and, and that's that's been the reports well, for the most part. See, so, yeah. I thought that was obvious, and I, all of a sudden, no, a few people tweeted out stuff, and it became the narrative that oh, he's he's healthy again. Like that's like what I mean. I mean, I would have never mentioned like, any of this stuff on this yeah. show, other, except for the fact that people are kind of saying that he's you know he's he's looking great and he's feeling healthy and this and that. I don't know, man, because you know people who are seeing him in real life. And, and in a gym setting are saying completely different things. I mean, you know, he, he asked me, what's the deal with this guy? Why, why can he not walk? That's the, you know, the exact words of his text, you know, coming from someone who has no clue of, of his physical ailment. So I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, we'll see. This is why I say I would just do the magic. I wouldn't fuck yeah. around, but 
Agreed. You know, and, and I don't really, going. and the quality of the match isn't going to matter with Sting. It really isn't. It's going to be the aura and it's going to be the entrances and it's going to be that stare down. It's never been that with Sting. And that's the funny thing that people bring up is like, oh, well, that match is, nobody cares. I mean, it's never been the thing with Sting. And like, Rich, that's, Rich, like, here's the thing, too. Can, there's like 10 Sting matches that are, are worth a damn. Like, it's always been the aura of Sting. It's never been the match. At least in the last decade. And yeah, right. That, never, that's, of course. Or yeah. at least since he's been hanging out on the rafters and changed his gimmick. So, right, exactly. So, Since and, he's been crow-sting, that, that sting has never, ever been about in-ring. And here's the other thing. It's the best crow-sting match you've ever seen? Exactly. I mean... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. You play the Cody Rhodes game with him. I mean, you know, crow-sting. You know, but the other thing, too, is they could ruin the aura of Undertaker Sting by Sting going out there with Triple H and not having a good match. Right, having a 25-minute back-to-and-forth. I mean, we know what it's going to be. We, we, we know what a Triple H Mania match is going to be. And, and, that's... and I'll be completely honest. I trust Triple H to deliver in that spot. I really do. I, I, I trust him to be able to carry Sting to something that's going to get over. But there's always the possibility that it doesn't. Yeah, and I just don't know what you're going to get out of Sting. I really don't. I mean, this is not a guy who's very young either. And then, you know, hasn't been a good worker in almost, you know, 15, 20 years or hasn't really had a standout. Is he going to all of a sudden say, well, now I'm on this big stage? Now I'm gonna, I I don't know. I, I really, I, I have no well, idea. But anyway, this... they, don't, they don't trust him to talk. No. I mean, he didn't say a word again. And it's like, I, I, it, it's weird. I mean, they're just, this is basically Sting on Triple H's back being carried for two and, and the match is going to be the same way i mean you mm -hmm. just know triple h is going to uh, totally try to carry this match and uh, you know they could actually damage the undertaker match yeah by not doing it this year either even if it happens well, that, that's and that's to your point is just just get it out of the just way i mean you, you mentioned the mma thing just fucking you got them it's all about that entrance it's going to be that one entrance or whatever or that build up or those the lights going out or whatever just do it now yeah, i mean come on like, is, and how special is that you can only have Sting's first match once. So you're kind of killing what's special about the Undertaker match by not doing it. It's a, there's a million reasons to do it this year as opposed to next year. I, yeah. I you know, I, I so I, I don't agree with what with with what they're doing here. Actually, well, anyway, uh, for this face to face confrontation, Sting uh, hit him with the baseball bat that he finally uh, finally used and then did him the, gave him the scorpion death drop. So we've uh, yeah, <laughs> that's I, I, I thought that was kind of was like, oh, all right, well. <laughs> that's kind of the only two things you kind of look forward to. So now he's got the entrance and then you've basically checked out uh, everything that made sting interesting. So well, I cool. guess he'll beat him with the scorpion death lock, right? Ugh. He's going to have, he's going to give him the stinger splash and he's going to, uh, you know, you got that and he's going to beat him with the scorpion death lock. You seem to be down on sting. Yeah. I'm kind of into it. I'll be honest. I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I just don't know if I'm going to be too interested. We'll get to that when we talk about WrestleMania here. I've never we'll... been a big anti-Sting guy. I don't know. A lot of people. I, I'm anti not anti-Sting. I just, there's not much interest there. It's not anti. It's not, it's the fact that I just don't know if it's going to be, you know, when I, when I watch a WrestleMania, I'm looking for, you know, good, good worked matches, you know, big matches. And then I'm looking for aura matches, big fun. You know, I don't know. It's Sting Undertaker. Yeah. You, you must not have been happy the last few WrestleManias. If you're looking for good, well-worked matches, you're getting, but they've been the aura stuff. There's been the aura stuff. You have gotten the aura stuff, but I mean, and that's, that's what I mean. There, there's... WrestleMania is more about the spectacle. You know that. Agreed. No, I agree. And, and it's, it, that's, I'm fine with that, but I, I I don't get that from Triple H Sting. I would have got that from Sting Undertaker. I, the whole I, story doesn't make. I, there's nothing. I'm not invested in Triple H being the one that put 
WCW out of business and Sting was the WCW. I mean, it's just it's not. Oh, no, I'm not invested not. in that at all. I am. Yeah. I am into the idea of Sting wrestling in a WWE ring for the first time. I think people. Okay. There's a lot of people who aren't into that. I'm kind of into that. Look, I'm not frothing at the mouth for it, and but I, there to me there it is kind of a cool moment, and I wish it was against the Undertaker and not Triple H. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this this speaks to another point as well, and, and this is when Sting was originally you know being bandied about about coming in or whatever. That there's generations of people that just Sting doesn't have that connection to You're him. Absolutely it's, it's, right, and I we do, talk about yeah. it during. And I'm one of those guys. It's like cool, you know. I grew up with Crow Sting. Yep. I never liked Sting. I thought Sting was stupid from the beginning. I've I've gone back and I've watched matches and I've enjoyed them or whatever, but I never was a Sting guy. Like never in my you know fandom of of of. I mean, obviously going back and watching stuff, but in the inter. I mean, when I was watching at the time, I there was nothing there, and I've still never got it. And there's a lot of people that are my age as well that just don't get it. I know I have um a, a guy at work, and I always ask what his son thinks. His son is is I think he's eight or nine years old. He's had to explain Sting to him, and his son's just like, uh, well, okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's just an old guy with face paint to him. He has no connection to him, and they've done nothing to give you that connection. And, you're, and, you're, and your, your kid crowd your kid crowd doesn't even know he existed because they didn't know TNA existed. Right. So, and, and, and the 20-something crowd only knows the Crow Sting. I mean, you got to be in your 30s to even remember the Surfer Sting. And you got to be well into your 30s to remember the blonde-haired, spiky-haired emerging star late 80s surfer sting you know what i mean so it's it's in real time anyway you know the guy that went to the 45 minute draw against flair head to head with wrestlemania yeah the 30 year olds are that like shades of gray black haired sting the the lex luger who do i trust and you know you trust me and like that's that and i'm the the sting or the crow sting generation the rafters Sting yeah, and, and like yeah you're absolutely right you got to be I, mean, I loved him when I, I I I won't I won't lie I, I really really liked him for a while when, when I first was getting into it and then eventually it just kind of wore off and then I never really there was never, never any real big connection once he came down from the Raptors and had matches I was like oh all right well I mean that's a that's that's almost like a microcosm of what happened to WCW after yeah. he came down from the Raptors you know and then and then had his match it was all almost you know downhill from there you know so you know, he he's he's a guy who popped one big hat. You know what I mean? It's like he had his one big event ever, and that was that. And that was it for Sting. So it kind of what you're saying is makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. I just I I, I think they're blowing it, and they should do Undertaker now. But. Agreed. I, I'm with you. Uh, Reigns, Daniel Bryan. This is the main event here. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I thought this was the best I've seen Roman Reigns look in in a spot here, and I thought Daniel Bryan. It played his role well, and you could tell it was sort of a weird role where both guys were kind of at some points being heels, at some points being baby faces or whatever. But I thought overall it worked out real well. I thought I thought the finish was great, and I thought I'm perfectly okay with the finish. And and when it was over, it was almost cathartic. It was like, okay, you know what? The Dan O'Brien thing is over. Let's let's not worry about it. Let's just let him be what he is. And if if it's a U.S. champion, if it's IC champion, if it's mid card, whatever. It's just like okay. You won, whatever. Because I thought Reigns looked okay here. I thought this was okay. And if, if this is how we're going to get, and this is what we're going to get from him, and I, I don't know if it is, because obviously this was when you're working with Daniel Bryan, it helps out a lot. But I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay for a, for a WWE main event. And the, and the crowd was into it, and, and it was fun. So I'm okay. This was the best Roman Reigns singles match he's had to date. I don't even think it's close. I don't even think, like, what would you even pick as a number two? I mean, geez. <sighs> of a um, singles match. Yeah, wow. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, what about that four star uh, Randy Orton SummerSlam? <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got the shitty Randy Orton SummerSlam. That might actually be his second best singles match. That might be. Which is scary. But, I mean, this was his best singles match to date. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was a good match. Uh, it was nothing to go crazy about. It's nothing I'm rushing to watch again. But, uh, you know, it was good enough. And, um, you know, I thought Brian did what he could with the guy. And, and, and Reigns, 
I'll tell you what. He didn't look like a guy who was being carried. You know, it, no, no, he showed some good fire too. There was there was a point at the end of the match where I, or maybe not the end, but kind of the build up to the end where he was starting to get those strikes in. He was really getting. I was like, ah, there we go. He's like, yeah, there. And and the crowd was connecting. But lo and behold, surprisingly, the crowd was reacting to him when he was he was being you know a lot of what people got into when he was in the shield where he was just kind of a quick paced, you know, you know, explosive sort of guy. And he was doing those strikes. He had Brian grounded or whatever. It was it was good stuff. Yeah, there was there was a real point where I was like, you know what? No, this is this is Reigns doing it. They kicked out of each other's finishers, which I, I think was important because they didn't completely bury Brian. You know what I mean? It's like he kicked out of Reigns finisher and then well, he kicked out of the Superman punch, right? Was it the Superman punch or the spear that he kicked out of? He kicked, uh, he kicked out of the spear. He kicked I out believe. of the spear. And then and then and uh Reigns kicked out of the knee. The knee plus, I guess he calls it. So they kicked out of each other's finishes, and then uh, you know he eventually beat him with the spear. So I don't think you know Brian necessarily looked bad coming out of it, and um, it, it was it was it was a, it was a, it was a good match, and the crowd was, was yeah. into it. And, and and it's like I said, these two matches really saved this show. I mean, you were really if, if these matches didn't deliver, this would have been one of the lousiest pay per views they've ever done. All time stinker, yeah. So. Uh, these two matches did save it from that perspective, you know, and, and, but, but still overall, what a dry show this was. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it just, uh, it's so much wrong with the, there's just so much wrong with the undercard in this company. And, and, and this pay-per-view really exemplifies that. Yeah, just, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, real quick here, got the, uh, the the Roman Reigns singles matches. Uh, I'm using the ca- same thing that we use for the, the Cody Rhodes, the cage match. Easy guy. Uh, so so here's over five. We have um, Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. The one for SummerSlam is a 5.6. And then his other great singles match, WWE Fastlane, well, 7.5. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Well, that's his only great. I mean, Those five, are the only five, two. five is an average match. So, um, you know, he's got a, you know. According to the fans, that one match with Dan, yeah, the Dan Bryan easily is his best singles match. And like I said, that Orton match probably is his second best. It's that's mm-hmm. that's scary because you, you know you look the, the the Rusev match was awful. The Rollins match on Raw, I genuinely believe that's the worst match I've seen this year for a, for a variety <laughs> of reasons. I really believe that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know that was in the that was in January on Raw and I ranted on that already and I'm not going to do it again. I'll do it again come award season because I'm not going to forget about that match. It was all kinds of awful. Um he he generally has really bad single look, remember the big show match 3 or 4. It was a 4 minute <laughs> match. Yeah, you know, the guy has some terrible singles match. So I mean, you know, it's not hard to believe. Um, I do think that Daniel Bryan, his match against Bray Wyatt at Royal Rumble last year was better than the Reigns match. I don't know. Yes. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I, I'm with you on that. Yes. So in terms of carrying, you know, shaky workers, I think that Bryan did had a better match with Bray. Uh, to be fair, Bray has had. Now here's the thing: Bray's had some good matches with other people like Cena and and uh, and, and and Ambrose, but they've all been gimmick matches. You know what I mean? Where there's lots of shortcuts. Yeah, and that was a straight wrestling. And that match, was a, was, exactly. It was really good. That was actually really. really I went back and watched that when we were doing our match of the year stuff, and I was like, wow, that was a really, really good. That, I, I forgot how much I enjoyed that. Match. That was my match of the year until you know, very deep into the year, and until some other stuff. I mean, I really enjoyed that match. So, so yeah, you know, the, the, this was easily Reigns' best singles match. But what what Fastlane did more than anything else is it pretty much set the deck for WrestleMania. We forgot the other yep. non wrestling segment which was uh, 
Bray Wyatt popping out of the coffin to, oh, to right, challenge yeah, right. the Undertaker. And actually, Undertaker's music might have got the best babyface reaction of the night. So, um, you know, I don't know why people were fooled by that. I mean, the, yeah. how long have people been watching wrestling if they really thought Undertaker was coming out in that coffin? Just going to stroll out from so, the entryway. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that sets that up. So what do we got for WrestleMania? What we- All right, WrestleMania here real quick. We'll break it down. Uh, obviously, we're going to do more previous as we go into that but real quick uh it's kind of what the tentative uh you know match structure looks like we have the andre the giant battle royal um no clue is going to be that's in been it, officially but, you know. announced the andre the giant battle i think it's a I, I don't know if it's been official official but it's i think it's a yearly thing i hope it they is, said i don't know I, they, maybe they just forgot about it too they they someone will have to remind vince that they said it was a yearly well, didn't thing they reference year, so. it on tv already um i don't I think remember they referenced it on tv which means they probably have plans on that. i hope they yeah, do I, it because i like it i think it's yeah it's a good idea decent. and then if you don't completely bury the guy who wins it you can actually get something out of it so and last year uh, was be- actually for a battle royal that was a pretty damn it was great it was royal. a really good battle royal, and they got they made a star and then yeah well, didn't capitalize well, on it didn't do anything with it all right uh we have tyson kidd and cesaro versus the usos in some form is what what you know dave Meltzer puts here but yeah that that's tentatively you can kind of assume that that's probably what you're gonna get yeah, there won't be anything wrong with that it's, you know, it sounds like a good uh, match. As we mentioned, the multi-person IC title match, which has been announced today as a multi-person ladder match, and it's going to involve Bad News Barrett, Dean Ambrose, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, R-Truth, and 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 I don't even know who else. Um, that's who's that? That's one, two, three, four, five. They might get six guys in there, probably. Yeah, you put another work ready kind of guy in there, mm-hmm. or somebody who can fly. Um, you know, and and yeah, it should be. There's no reason that shouldn't be good. The only they thing, big show. They should put big show. Well, in you there know what? Give, That's you know, what I was just uh, gonna say. They always, <laughs> they always do these matches, and they always have to throw in a Kane or a Mark yeah. Henry or a big like. Keep those guys out of that. I mean, I understand you like to have a base. You know, for guy. You know, guys are gonna take wacky bumps, and it's nice to have you know a worthless thing like Mark Henry out there to take the book to catch the guy. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, it also drags it down because then mm-hmm. you have your requisite big man spots and in that kind of match, I don't want to see that shit. That's where I do want, uh, explosions and nonstop. You know, that's where I want yes. a flippy shit in a match. Just like throw that. a Kofi Kingston in there. He's got no chance of winning, but whatever. Now, the know, problem is, he's, you know, they're not going to do that. Cause he's, you know, no, know. new day. So, you know, it's not going to, he'll, he'll be in the battle Royal. Maybe we get like a Ryback or something might do that, but that's, do, that's the same he'll thing. He'll do a wacky elimination spot in the Battle Royal. You're right, exactly. All right, uh, Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, possibly with Jon Stewart interaction. <laughs> now, that's the thing. You know, I forgot to mention that. You know, I w- that's, to me, that's what will kill this match. I'm kind of looking forward to this match, but if it's, if it's got heavy Jon Stewart involvement, Right. I, then it just kills it in the Maria Menudo's role. <laughs> just no, like the really, first, it's a celebrity that's out there you know, and kind of like sort of gets involved. Yeah. If the finish is John Stewart, like, you know, socking Seth Rollins, like I, I don't have any interest <laughs> in that. I just, I don't, you know, uh, Rusev versus John Cena, a uh, U.S. title. And that, that's going to be some gimmick, right? They're probably not going to do a straight rematch. There's going to be something involved what, in there. I, I don't care if they do. I don't care if they not. People are saying, Oh, you got to have a cage. You have to have an, I quit. I just think you say, John Cena, Hey, fight me again to me and, sh- and make me tap out. You know, I don't think you need something to me. If you make it a gimmick match, you're guaranteeing Cena wins because then they could say that they could still say Rusev has never been pinned. Right. Which is true, which I guess, depending on how you want this to end, it could go either way. I would prefer Rusev win and I'm fine with just a normal match. If you think or you prefer a John Cena win, then yeah, a cage or an I quit match or something might work. So there you go. Uh, Sting Triple H. We kind of mentioned that a little bit. And then Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns is our official main event. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's the hard. It's not a good card. Hard, That's not a good card. The hardcore it's fan, really there's not. not much here for the hardcore fan. Um, I, I, 
it's I don't have I'm look, we're five weeks out and I'm not ready to commit in terms of how the casual or the quote unquote universe fan is viewing the card. I'm not ready yet. We got plenty of time. So I'm not I'm not going to talk to that point of how I think the buzz is going or how well I think the show will do or I, I, I don't know. All I know is the smart kind of fan. This is not the show for you. And I think people have made that uh, abundantly clear that they're not hyped about the lineup. I mean, people are going to end up being excited about it because it's WrestleMania and people get excited about WrestleMania. But I mean, this is like you it's 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 a pretty lackluster lineup. There's really not a lot here to sink your teeth into. And, you know, of course, they're going to, you know, I don't know, you know, it, it, the, the Rollins Orton match, which I was kind of looking forward to. You know, if you throw John Stewart in the mix, you're kind of sullying that in my eyes too. So, yeah, but you know, that, you know, WrestleMania, it's you know, it's it's spectacle. It's not really yeah. a, even a wrestling show anymore. It's a spectacle. It's kind of like, it's 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 similar, but not not quite the same. But it's similar to what football fans say. Foot, uh, uh, the hardcore NFL fan will tell you that the NFL season ends with the championship games. Yeah, because the Super Bowl is just a this, mirage of this. This year was maybe the lone exception. It was a quick game. It was fast. It was good. A lot of them are not. A lot of them are just dredges, like five hour dredges of of yeah. They're yeah. They're the, not good the games. The Super either. Bowl is produced for the masses, and it's it doesn't really resemble a typical NFL game. And the halftime takes forever. And it's it's you know the hardcore NFL fan they always the guys are weeks off. That's always the thing that gets me. Yeah. It gets me about the college football championship too. Is these guys get like four weeks off or whatever and they come back college football was ridiculous they used to get like two months and they were like they didn't even resemble what they were like before it was like well that's you know like the, the game the first five minutes are weird because nobody these guys haven't played football in you know weeks or whatever so. yeah so i mean it's it's kind of a similar feel to the super bowl where it's it's not your typical wrestlemania just isn't your typical wrestling card anymore it's a spectacle and it, yep. you know and that's fine and you know it's gonna make a gazillion dollars again so what the hell do we know and you know it is what it is but you know we're gonna talk about it a lot more in the next five weeks or whatever yeah so yeah absolutely and we're, we're also gonna of course if you if you're familiar with the site or if you're new or whatever we do a lot of coverage of wrestlemania weekend so if you're wondering hey when are you guys gonna talk about the wn live when are you gonna talk about ring of honor we will get to that we will do we'll have reviews we'll have previews we'll we, we go all out during wrestlemania weekend so do not worry we will have that stuff but and now we're still a few and, weeks I, out, and i'll so. tell you now we have um a much bigger staff, and I, th I think we're going to be able to review pretty much everything that happens. Oh, we're going to get everything, yeah. No matter what, anything that's on iPay-Per-View that week. I mean, yeah, before it was me and Joe just the entire week, you know, or weekend not doing anything. It just wasn't possible, I mean, to cover yeah. everything. But, um, you know, we're going to have – I think we reviewed some of the WWN Live stuff last year. I know you did a couple reviews, and, you know, I gave a bit of a live perspective. But we've got enough people now where I think we can all order something, get mm -hmm. it covered. We'll have some people there too. Um, you know, that are that are part of the Voices of Wrestling thing. So I know Mookie Ghana is going to be in uh, in the building, and he'll be out there. And um, so I mean, you know, we'll, we'll we'll probably cover just about every single show. Yeah. So. so in case you're worried and screaming, hey, you guys haven't done that yet. When are you going to? We're, we're going to do it. Don't worry. We and, we always, a... and we always do a big podcast too. Yeah, we're going to do a huge preview. We preview every goddamn thing that that. Yeah, we do. We do a big. We do a bunch of big preview posts and a big preview pocket where we cover every single event like down to WrestleCon, you know in detail or whatever and like you know the, the, the ridiculous stuff that I mean, we, we've gone to, to great lengths and my, patented, my weekend, patented path to success where i tell you exactly right what shows to go of to what you what should time, do yeah so you don't miss any of the good shit you know because
because a lot of stuff overlaps. Well, Joe Lanza tells you what to watch and where to go, so you're mm-hmm. seeing the best of the best. And if you don't follow Joe Lanza, what are you doing? Like, I don't know what you're doing. You're probably getting – You're just wh- driving around aimlessly around the, uh, the, the <laughs> central California. You have no idea what you're it, doing. Well, if you follow Joe Lanza, you'll be driving around aimlessly in New Orleans – and fail to find. Yeah, don't uh, actually don't follow. Yeah, Joe. So you, Joe will follow you. Don't so. literally follow me, but uh, listen to my. Yeah, Joe path. will shout where you guys should go, and then you lead the way, and then Joe will follow. And so, uh, that, you know, uh, you know that that dastardly uh, Sean Sloan last year was uh, physically in New Orleans when I was desperately tweeting for help. <laughs> And you would think he would have come and, and saved me and, and led me to. But the problem was the night that I was there, I think he was at the WrestleCon shows. And I was trying to get to Gabe's building, which had horrible, which had the wrong address and horrible. Directions. Right, had the wrong address. So to be fair, yeah. so I know parking because it was a college campus. You know, so. so he did like tweet me or whatever, or text me or whatever it was, and but but he he could have came and got me. Okay, Sloan, I, I, I'm not gonna forget uh, Sloan that you, that you were, you know, in the same city there, and I and I'm lost in the bowels of New Orleans, in in not the best part of town, by the way. Okay. And it was raining too. You were and then out it got there. dark and started raining, and you your know, fresh clothes are getting all. Yeah. And look, Rich, I, you know, I, I'm a man who knows how to handle himself. But the part of town I was, the part of town I was in, believe me, those doors got locked. Okay, I, my doors were locked driving through the part of town I was in. <laughs> all right, so I, you know, I, I was not in good shape in New Orleans, but uh, I eventually found my way. Um, you know, partially thanks to uh, Justin Bissonette, who uh, did. Uh, Eventually, uh, give me step by. And uh, who was it? Ricochet? Wasn't it Ricochet that was running around? Well, well, Biss got me to the building uh, while laughing at me and giving me step by step instructions on of where to go and what streets to turn down. But once I got out of my car, because I had to park about a mile away, and you have to, and I had to randomly park like in front of somebody's house. Like, yeah, there's no parking lot here because the building Gabe ran was a random. It was a theater on the Tulane campus. It, it was just in the middle of campus. So there's no parking lot. Because it's on a college campus. Whoever needs to get to this theater just walks. You know what I mean? It's not intended for events that aren't college-related. So right. You, there wasn't even like a walkway, if I remember correctly. nothing. It was, it was just literally like, just in the middle of the campus. Like, the, it was just a theater in the middle of the campus. So you have to park, like, in the neighborhood somewhere. So you have to park, like, and I got there. So I parked, like, a mile away in front of someone's house. So then I'm like, all right, my car is definitely getting towed. I'm going to come back out of the show and my car is going to be gone, but I just drove eight hours. So I might as well just, you know, deal with it. And so after I got out of the car, I had no idea where I was going. I just walked towards the campus. And when I, I get to the two lane camp and then I'm just wandering around aimlessly asking people for help. It was like a Saturday. It was either a Friday or Saturday night. So all the college kids were drunk. So I ran into about four different drunk college kids who tried to point me in the right direction. <laughs> but they didn't know where it is. Yeah. So, you know, eventually, then I run into, I, I randomly run into Ricochet, standing there, like, in street clothes, wearing, like, a Superman shirt. And I'm like, that guy looks, wait a minute, that's, that's fucking Ricochet. <laughs> He'll know where the building is. So Hopefully. Yeah. So I ran over there. And I'm like, you are Ricochet. You know where this build. Please tell me where this building is. And he laughed and he showed me where the building was. I don't know what he was doing wandering around the camp because this was like five minutes till the show started. And he's out wandering around the campus. Maybe he's looking for girls. I don't know what he's doing. Okay. He was in the main event. So maybe he had time to goof around, but he was literally just walking around. So, and he wasn't with anybody. He was by himself. It was very bizarre. If I hadn't run into him, I'd still be walking around New Orleans. I, 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 I'm convinced I never would have found the building. 
So yeah. Didn't we assume he had a sandwich board and he was trying to get people into the? Well, he, you know, what he was doing. I was t- he's telling people live wrestling. Come on, guys! Live, like, he was doing, <laughs> yeah. like, like trying to get people to come. To sh- so I guess that's what he was doing. But um, he, he eventually got me to the bed. And we all know what he happened. He should have showed those abs. He should have showed those abs. Could have gotten the. Some co-eds in there. Some co-eds. What is this? Uh, yeah. 1968. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's yeah. a co-ed now. There's no. Uh, they don't keep you separate. Everyone's a co-ed. Everyone goes. This way. Wait. Well, why do term. people still use that term? Co-eds? I don't know. They still do. In, the, in college, I worked in colleges forever, and they still use that term, which is like, okay. There's something sexy about the term co-ed too. You know. I think that's why. You say co-ed, you naturally think, you know. You're in danger. You're doing something dangerous. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's illicit. You know, it's it's co-ed. You know, so. Uh, all right, so real quick, speaking of co-eds, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. Just <laughs> a terrible transition. Uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. What does that even mean? Um, I, nothing. It, I just wanted yeah. to, I needed a segue. So, so Rey Mysterio segue. Jr. I oh, absolutely. You're a master of, of the awful segue. Yeah. I'm pretty terrible. It's actually, I'm, I'm so good at being bad at them, I think, is my, my real good trait. Rey Mysterio Jr. officially uh, contract is now over with WWE, so he is free to go anywhere. And pretty much everything that we know, and we've known it for a while, we've gotten reports from people tweeted out to us here or, or you know, texts or whatever that, that from months ago that said, hey, look, he's going to Lucha Underground. And you could tell. I mean, that was pretty obvious in the beginning that that's where he was going to go once his WWE contract was over, and he tried to get out of it a few times. It's now officially expired, so he is Lucha Underground bound from everything we know, correct? Yeah, somebody sent yeah. us a DM a couple months ago. Uh, we can't say who it is because I'm pretty sure he told us not to say who it was and uh, you know, but he 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 told us months ago that it was a done deal. The release was coming. It was just a matter of time before it could be announced and whatnot. And that when it did happen, he was Blucha Underground bound. And uh, this person was very very confident that that was going to be the case. And if uh, I, I don't know if he if the the person who told us that has outed themselves as no, have no. I, so I'm not. I'm not gonna say. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to make. Yeah. Friend of ours. I get people. It's a friend of yeah. ours. We don't want to. You know. But uh, yeah. So um. So we've known this was coming. So yeah, he's he's going to Lucha Underground. You know. So which which shouldn't really shock anybody because you know it's that's AAA and we all know that Lucha Underground hasn't really made it a secret that they've been waiting the guy to get released. So, but now it's official. I mean, the day that we're recording this was the day that he was uh, officially his contract ran out and he's no longer with WWE. So uh, you'll more than likely see him in Lucha Underground. And the question is, how much does he have left, and how much do his knees have left, and 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 um. You know, how's he going to look in a non-drug testing environment? There's a lot of different things to to consider now with Mysterio. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a good get for Lucha Underground, obviously. Yeah. But I'll be completely honest. I don't think he's going to make any kind of business difference. I really don't. Um, I, I, I don't think Del Rio is going to make any business difference. Either. I think – and the reason I say that, and I'd like to be wrong. Believe me, I'd like to be wrong because I really like Lucha Underground and I want it to – here's the thing. The one thing it might enable them to do is go on the road. You know, if you, if you put him on house shows and and market it to Latinos, maybe you can take Lucha Underground on the. Maybe you could do AAA shows in the United States now. Um, but in terms of tell, I don't think it's going to move the needle for the TV because I think what, if there's any lesson we've learned from TNA is it really doesn't matter who went to TNA. You know, other than Sting when he first got there for a couple of weeks and then Kurt Angle for a couple of weeks when he first got mm-hmm. there for a couple of pay-per-views. No, and Jeff Hardy was... was I, I, yeah, and Jeff Hardy... He was significant to, to for a, a while. Significant by their standards. 
I mean, right, right. The, the story with Jeff Hardy wasn't even so much TV ratings. The story with Jeff Hardy was those random pay per view yes. buys. There's like a hundred thousand people that just only bought it if Jeff Hardy was going to be on it. Which... Well, not that many, but this weird phenomenon. I think it was. No, I think it was pretty. It, it was pretty substantial. Wasn't Finally, it? they never did a hundred thousand. They but, but oh oh no 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 maybe maybe it was. But it, it was. I forgot what it was. Yeah, it was this weird phenomenon where the the pay per views with Jeff Hardy on top would do. You know, like you know, it was like ten thousand compared to like. Yeah, it might be. It might be five or ten is what I was. It was ten thousand. Hundred thousand is ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It was. Now that I remember, it would do like ten thousand compared to like the two thousand they were doing without. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, with something like it would come up with twelve thousand when the normal one was like two. Yeah. Yeah. The idea was it would it would increase their pay per view business huge on a percentage basis but it was still like a blip on the rate you know what i mean it wasn't anything Mm -hmm. significant in terms of so it's like no one really ever made a difference for tna's ratings for more than a you know a month being generous Uh, so it's like i don't think anyone's going to make a difference for a station that nobody get i mean you know we make fun of destination america no one gets the l ray you know as far as the Spanish language station, you know, maybe it'll make a difference there. Having, ra- I don't think it's going to help with the English language El Rey network at all. I just because I think, and I'm just going off of history. I'm not taking shots at Rey Mysterio. I'm just saying I, I honestly don't think that anybody short of Brock Lesnar or John Cena would make any kind of measurable difference going to yeah. TNA or Lucha Underground. Yeah, it'll be a nice little thing for them to put in their promotional ads and stuff and, and promote it on social media and all that stuff. And people tune in a little bit. But yeah, is there? I don't know if there's a whole lot of Rey Mysterio. Like, you know, I mean, like, it, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it'll be fun for a little bit. But is it prolonged success? Is it going to be, well, now I have to watch the show because he's on it? Mm, no, no, I don't. Really. I, I don't think it'll make a difference for El Rey. I, like I said, though, I think it may because they've, they've, they've said from the beginning that eventually they'd like to do house shows. Mm-hmm. And you can't do house shows with Phoenix and Prince Puma on top. I mean, it's just not, you know, you're not going to draw anything because they, no one's watching the TV. You know, it's, it, uh, you know, no one's why. So you haven't really made stars out of those guys in that con. You've made them stars on the television show, but in the context of being able to draw, you haven't made them stars because no one sees the show. You know what I mean? It's right. like you have a Rey Mysterio you could put him on a house show and maybe go into, you know, heavy Latino markets, maybe go to San Antonio or Laredo, Texas, or, or, you know, somewhere in Chicago or, 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 or Los Angeles, you know what I mean? And, 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 and do a two or $3,000, a two or 3000 fan house. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any reason you can't do that with Ray Mysterio. It, 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 that's, that's where doors open up for him. And I'm not really comfortable speculating on what it'll do for their Spanish language television. I, that, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, that I, I, it's out of my realm, so I'm not going to comment on it. But I yeah, go go see what Rob Viper says or those sort of yeah. Guys, those they, guys have a much better feel. We for have that. no clue. You know, go go. <laughs> I would talk to those to him or Cubs fan or Matt Farmer yeah, or somebody fan, yeah. like that, and who who or, or Dave Meltzer, someone who would have a better feel. I, I can't comment on that, but I don't think he'll bump the L Ray ratings to any kind of significant uh, degree. I, I really don't. Maybe a first week curiosity thing. But again, that channel's so obscure and so few people. Even if I'm curious, I might not be able to like, get it. Like, you can't I don't even it. watch it. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I get, I get the I, I get the on-demand, which is cool, and because it's in full HD, but yeah, I don't get the network um, by itself. I mean, so. look at it this way. If Rey Mysterio, let's say he went to TNA instead, does anyone think he'd make a difference for them? 
I don't no. think he'd make a difference for them. I, you know, part of that is the TNA brand is so tarnished that nobody cares. You know, I mean, it's like I, I genuinely believe that only Brock Lesnar or John Cena can make any kind of difference. Maybe CM Punk. Maybe CM Punk. Yeah, a punk, a punk could because probably. I think Punk has become a bigger star when he for leaving. Oh, absolutely. If Punk had gone directly with no controversy, I don't think he'd make much of a difference. But I think he'd make a huge difference now. He's a much bigger name now than he was when he was there because of all the fucking bullshit. But I mean, you know, so I I don't know. But look, that doesn't mean I don't think that they should bring Rey Mysterio in. Of course, Lucha Underground should bring Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's great, and it, it, it's good for them. So you know, I it, it's it you know. But um, and again, he's wanted out of this contract for a long time, and he's wanted to go to Lucha Underground for a long time. And I think the bigger impact he's going to have is in Mexico. I think he's going to have a bigger impact in AAA proper because you know you're going to see him there. And I think he will definitely, genuinely be a huge draw in Mexico. Sure. Oh, I, I think there's no question about that. In, in AAA proper, he's going to make an enormous difference on business, enormous business. on. I really believe that. For for loot for for El Rey Network and Lucha Underground, uh, I don't know. I, I that I just I don't think the network is big enough to make a difference. So, and and again, this speaks to the point where it's WWE is not the be all end all anymore for these guys. It's still a destination for a lot of guys. But here's a guy who's wanted out. Yeah. Another example of a guy who is who has wanted to not be there, and wanted to be somewhere else. And, and we'll probably make more money outside of it now. And that's healthy. That's healthy yeah, for us. That's wrestling. great. That's good. That's really cool. All right, move on to a few other things here real quick. We have uh, New Japan. By the time most of you are going to be listening to this, or you know, if you're listening to it later, people that are listening right now, hi, welcome. But uh, anyway, <laughs> by the time you're probably listening to this, uh, New Japan is going to have uh, another show on NewJapanWorld.com live show. This um, When we're talking, it'll be tomorrow morning, uh, 4.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, New Japan Road. It's, a, uh, it's what I believe is kind of a house show, spot show. I don't know if it's going to be the no commentary basketball hoop show or no, if it's going to be a commentary I one a, it, i think it's a slightly bigger building i think the building holds a couple thousand people that's what i thought so and too so it's is we're going to get a commentary team or we I don't think know so that. yeah because this is like um this they do, it's promoted like a bigger deal they it's do not this a show every year it's not really a full-on pay-per-view but it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's not a basketball hoop show either i don't think i think it's in a bigger building and 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 promoted as something a little different what every year they have that sh- that one random show that's not part of a tour that's kind of well they have the the, the anniversary show you the, anniversary the strong show style anniversary one, there's yeah. another one too it's um i can't it, it's slipping my mind right now it's it's this show but it's usually called something a little bit different i just can't think of it but um but yeah that's what this is and i think it's in a slightly bigger building i'll actually let me see if i can uh, Google the building now. Googling while I'm on this podcast is always a it's the Okinawa uh, Okinawa Park Gymnasium. Oh, okay, that's one I could actually spell too. Okay, so the, you get the Okinawa Prefectural Budokan, I believe, right? The Okinawa Prefectural Budokan isn't that where they're running? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, let's see. Yeah, it's the second article that comes up when I look it up is our article about it. So. No, okay, look, I have a history of attendance in this building for New Japan, which is actually Oh, cool. okay, cool. Okay, they ran it last year for a uh, charity event, so we won't count that because um uh I don't even know if they charge for tickets or whatnot. But on um the they ran day eight of the anniversary tour there last year and drew twenty five hundred fans. So it holds. Okay. And in the glory days, you know, back in the early two thousands, uh, it looks like full capacity is forty five hundred. 
Okay. So this is a fairly large building. I don't think this isn't going to be a basketball hoop show. Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks like in recent years, let's see, since 2010, they hold, uh, you know, regular tour dates there. Uh, last year was day eight of the 40th anniversary tour. And it had, let's see it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was, this was 2012. It was day. Yeah. I was gonna say we had 42nd, I think was the last year. Yeah. Yeah. The, la- the last year was that charity show. So I don't, I'm not going to count that. Cause I don't even know if they, they charge tickets or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was a sh- looking at the lineup. It was similar to this show this year. It was six matches with a lot of tags. And the only singles match was an opener with young lions. In this case, it yep. was uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Takaake Watanabe. So it, it was, uh, it was El Desperado versus Watanabe in the opener. And then it was, oh, outed, you have outed El Desperado now. That's what we do here. We out mass wrestlers. <laughs> My God. And then, I thought he was Mexican. Are you, what are you? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and then there's a, uh, and then there was just a bunch of tags. Do you have proof of this? Do you have proof that El Desperado is who you say he is? I, listen, I, I can confirm through various he sources. He uses a, he's got his little, he's got the little Mexican flag. He's got a little guitar. Are you, I don't he's know. He's got his mariachi music. I was going to say, I, I don't know here. He's got the, the sombrero. I mm. I don't know, Rich. According to my Call sources. Out on this one. According to my sources. <laughs> I don't know about that. So, yeah, the, the charity show, they didn't run it in 2013. The charity show last year drew 2,500 fans. And, well, you know, I guess they charge because how can you have a charity show and not charge tickets? Yeah. You've got to give the money to somebody, right? So uh, it was a six-match show. It had two singles matches, and the main event was Tanahashi and Makabe against Okada and Yoshihashi. They worked a 15-minute main event with the uh, Tanahashi Makabe side winning. I'm sure Yoshihashi took the fall. And last year's show actually had two singles matches. You had Bushi defeating Yohei Komatsu in 10 minutes. Holy crap. And you had uh, Ryusuke Taguchi defeating Tanaka in 10 minutes. So that book. Those are the longest matches ever. Well, look, there's only six matches. So, uh, you know, I think Komatsu and Tanaka have a good yeah, shot. Yeah, the opener. Oh, yeah, there we go. They're going to get 10 minutes here at least. Time limit draw. Time limit draw, right? You know what? They might go time limit draw. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. I didn't even consider that because which will add their uh, how many draws would that be? That'll be their twenty what fourth draw? That'll be I their twenty fourth draw because Komatsu yeah. leads the series eight seven <laughs> twenty three. So he was up eight to six twenty three, and Tanaka won the last match they had at uh, it was either Sendai or Osaka. So um, you know we'll we'll see how they do here. The building holds forty five hundred. It's a six match show with a bunch of tags. I doubt they're going to sell it out, especially if they only did no, God, they no. did twenty five hundred last year for a similar a very similar lineup. Um, there's a lot of intriguing tag matches on this year's show, though. I got to say. There are. Yeah. No, when I was doing the preview, I, I initially kind of did it as a joke. I was like, guys, we cover everything New Japan, so let's cover this thing. I didn't really look at the card when I said that, and I kind of went through, and I'm starting to look at these, and I go, you know what? Hey, this is kind of fun. So, so yeah, if you're, if you're, I mean, most people might be already hearing it, or maybe you haven't watched it yet or whatever. We'll, we'll break it down real quick here. I don't think we need to go into excruciating detail, but as mentioned, Shotanaka Yohei Komatsu is our opener. Then we get into the tag team portion. We get to uh, Gato and Jado are back finally as a, as a team, just a raw team, nobody else with them. Gato and Jado versus Kushida and Nakanishi, which I thought was incredible that this match has happened three times prior. It's the exact same match. I will never complain when Gato and Jado have a tag match. I, 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 it's special, right? I popped for it when they did it in the United States on War of the Worlds. I think it was War of the Worlds in New York. But yeah, it was War of the Worlds. Yep, yep. I think they. Uh, it was Roderick Strong. BJ Whitmer and, and Jacobs, or uh, Strong. It was uh, Whitmer and Strong. Yeah, and uh, I like when they randomly pop up on these shows. I'm a, everyone knows I'm a big Gato fan. I think Jado is shot and he stinks. 
but I like <laughs> but I like him in these situations when he teams with Gato. Um, and and hey, Gato follows us now, so you better hope he doesn't listen to that. He, he actually unfollowed us the same day. Oh, did he? God, he, he followed right. us briefly. Uh, damn it! Uh, like most people, we must have said something that offended him, <laughs> and we ran and we and we ran him all. He translated our tweets and quickly, did a Google Translate. Decided, nope. <laughs> he, he quickly ran away. So uh, I don't know. But according to Bruce Tharp, uh, they all read our reviews. Everybody in the okay, back reads good. the Voices of Wrestling reviews, according to Bruce Tharp. So take that for what it's worth, which probably is a grain of salt or something. Because <laughs> it's Bruce Tharp telling <laughs> but, us. That. But uh, I think Bruce is mad at us. I think he's mad at us because uh, what do we do? Well, I guess I'm outing him as a source now, but I, uh, I I asked for some follow-up information on the status of what's going on, you know, because the booking of the Osaka and Sendai shows indicates that the relationship might be a little stronger now because the New Japan guys won. You know what I mean? So you would think that, you know, the, the, the NWA guys have to win their titles back eventually, right? So the relationship seems like it's on good footing now. And I asked him, I emailed him, and he didn't answer me back. He blew me off. So I don't know. Bruce is mad at me. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'll go. I know there's a couple NWA shows coming up. Maybe I need to get out of the house and start going yeah. to shows again. See what's up with Mr. Tharp. I don't know. Yeah. But I, listen, I, corner him. <laughs> I don't want Sacho, you know, cutting a promo on me. You know, I, 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 I listen, Bruce, we're not mad at you. You know, listen, you know, we, 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 we're, we're big supporters of Bruce Tharp. Always. Oh, oh, yeah. But anyway, um. So I lost my train of thought. So, oh, so yeah, Gato and Jado. I'll never complain yeah. when they team together. They're going to lose the match, obviously, but. Oh, God, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, in the, in the preview that we wrote for the site, I did, you know, I think I put a bunch of cool stats. The last time they actually won. Yeah. The last time they won in New Japan. The last time they teamed in New Japan. You know, they team on smaller shows a lot. You know, they team on those Taka and Taichi produce shows and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, oh, look, I, I will never not look forward to those guys teaming together. And, and I initially, I was like, Kushida and Nakanishi, what the hell is that? And then I looked at, oh, wait, they, they did team together against Gato and Jado. I was like, it was the funniest thing ever. I was like, have these guys ever been a team? And I was like, oh, they have been. And I was like, oh, look who it's again. Like, they've only been a team against Kato and Jado. I, I, I have no idea exactly why, but there you go. And it's a weird. Maybe they're callback. Maybe it's a callback that we don't know about that, like. Well, it's a weird thing. It's yeah, maybe there's some little story that goes over the heads of the English viewers. I, but, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the thing is, this is like such a skeleton crew there are literally